<clears throat> Jason here on Official Podcast Business. We are about to unveil the conclusion to our epic two-part original Secret Wars blockbuster flashback episode with Dan and Jack from the Intra Comics Podcast. And like the first episode, the language gets a little salty and saucy. But also like the first episode... It is wildly entertaining and insanely hilarious. So, you don't want to let the inclusion of a few words of the FCC in the Motion Picture Association of America may frown upon prevent you from hearing pure podcast gold, do you? I didn't think so. So grab a drink, grab some comics, and enjoy the show. FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. All right, hey everybody, welcome to another flashback episode of the podcast that goes snicked, part two of our uh, blockbuster Secret Wars episode. Um, I, of course, am your host, Jason. All right, Dr. Octopus, say easy pickings one more time. Venable, and I'm joined again by the uh, self-styled, no, make that freestyled masters of sound, straight from the land of Ing, we have the Fresh Prince of Battleworld and DJ Kooky Claw, Dan Cole and Jack Chambers. Hey, guys. (laughs) I think... Heroic intros there, Jason. Amazing. Best intro ever. Fresh Prince of Battleworld is literally going to be my 12th of the year. Awesome. Cool. Well, guys, hey, we're gonna we're gonna pick up right where we left off. Just uh, do some more secret wars. It's a it's a secret. But yeah, of course, we did the first six on the uh, the previous episode, and this one will tackle. 7 through 12, and I, I realize that tackle normally only has two syllables, but I like to add some every now and then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're just going to hop right to it. Um, we had fun with the first one. Hopefully this one will be just as enjoyable. So we're going to start with number seven. And our creative team, we're kind of back to the original. We have Jim Shooter, the writer, Mike Zek, the penciler. John Beatty, the inker, or Beatty, I don't know. The inker, Joe Rosen, the letterer, Christy Shill is the colorist. And our cover is still by Bob Layton. And on this cover, we have Cap in the background, giant Cap. And uh, we have a bunch of people <laughs> fighting in uh, monochromatic colors all around them. Little tiny people. I will say I really like uh, the Wolverine Doc Ock little fight there. And... Uh, yeah, the rest of the stuff's okay. Cap's got his face on. Of course, we have a, a tomb, I guess, of wasp on the bottom. So, I don't know. What do you guys think of this cover? My eyes obviously drawn to uh, Spider-Woman because she's all new, as it says on the cover. Right, yeah. She's the, only one, she's the only one not fighting or looking like she's pooping herself. <laughs> so, she, my eyes drawn to her. It's another one of those, like, giant poo faces... <laughs> And and everything is just out of perspective for no reason. Like, like some of the characters are much bigger than the others, despite the fact they all seem to be in a similar sort of line of sight. And there's right. just arbitrary bits of metal and stuff happening behind them. 
Yeah. These these covers, man, they go from like amazingly iconic. Like we were saying earlier, some of these earlier covers are just incredible. Right. And then some of them are just outright weird and don't make any <laughs> well, sense of like perspective or like artistic like sensibilities. It's right. just just bizarre. Well, um, you two might help me here, but who the hell is the woman on the hero side? Because I'm sat there going, who's in Secret Wars? Like, literally, who could it be? Because it can't be Wasp, because she's dead. Oh, that's on Rogue. The table there. That's a... Holy crap, it is. Yeah. I only just noticed that she's got a hood. I was actually sat there going, who the hell's in Secret Wars? Because all of them are usually just in the background. Right. Like most, of the, most of the heroes are just randomly <laughs> there to fill up space. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, who is that? Yep. I think it's weird because she's also... Well, no, I guess that's not true. I think it's weird that it makes it look like Cyclops and Absorbing Man are kind of versus each other. But really, Cyclops is shooting at Volcana. And then Volcana's flying at Rogue, but Rogue's not really doing anything. So, and man, Cap's tore up about Wasp. He's he's uh, doing something. <laughs> he's sort of angry. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, though, I do really like the uh, Wolverine versus Doc Ock thing yes. going on there. Yeah. I really like that. That's a great little shot, but everything else is just a bit weird. I agree. I like how Doc Ock's grabbing his ankle. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, that's a really nice little touch. He, you can see Doc Ock trying to like restrain him with his arms and stuff like that to like hold Logan back. Right. And that's a really, really cool little shot. And then everything else is just a bit weird. Yeah. So, an, an average cover, I guess we would say. Yeah. Um, I, why are people in black and white and stuff as well? I Maybe guess. What is with that artistic... Memories, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, what is with that artistic choice? Is it, yeah, is, I suppose it could be like a flashback or something like Cap's that. Having, I think it's supposed to call memories. attention to Cap. And He's just... 100 feet tall. Yeah, right? He's playing with them like chess pieces. <laughs> yes. He's kind of, he kind of stands out either way. Right. <laughs> Or maybe full in color and they want to jump. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But going back to the cap, I'm sorry, to the Wolverine Doc Ock thing, I like that they're right in front of the star on his chest, too. That's a really nice touch. Yeah, it's a really nice framing for that, like the punch that Doc Ock is throwing. Yes. That's just a, a really nice, like, I, I kind of want to see that as like a double page spread of them, like, squaring off in a, in a Wolverine comic or something. I don't think I've ever seen them fight. Off the top of my head, I think they fight in this issue. Exactly, right. that's what I'm saying. It's the classic comic book cover of like, this happens in this issue, judging by the cover, and it never happens because <laughs> they they commissioned the cover like six months beforehand, and the story totally went through editorials and stuff. And like, oh, what? There's a classic example of the Batman thing where it's it's one of the Nightfall issues, and it it spoils the broken bat thing like the issue before oh really the cover the cover, the cover of the you know um the the now infamous bane breaking bruce wayne's back thing right. it's like on the previous issue before no it happens or something like that it's something like that huh one of the nightfall things makes <laughs> no sense and is like completely out of context and never <laughs> happens in the series or something like that That's and funny. now get this sort of thing but that Unfortunately, this is the coolest thing about this cover, right? And it doesn't actually happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. All right. So in number seven, uh, the new Spider Woman shows up, and since she has boobs, Human Torch comes over to hit on her. She kind of plays a superhero American Idol. She's auditioning. Captain America, doing his best Simon Cowell impersonation, is interrupted <laughs> by a giant tank. 
The wrecking crew just casually toss out the wasp body and then turn around and hightail it out of there. The heroes take wasp to the healing hut, but it's too late. Alas, she's dead. The heroes argue about what to do. Should they get revenge? A wasp or attack Galactus? And in the end, they end up not doing anything. <laughs> the X-Men track down Doom's volcano expedition team. And we get a big old fight. It's pretty cool, but since this is only issue 7 out of 12, of course it ends in a standstill, with the villains running away. Doom continues to run around in Galactus' base. Galactus notices the volcanic eruptions and doesn't want his dinner burnt, so he stops them. He also ejects Doom into space. She-Hulk breaks into Evil HQ to avenge the Wasp. She takes out the Wrecking Crew and goes toe-to-toe with Titania, but Doom comes home for nap time. The Wrecking Crew wake up and help take down She-Hulk. Over back with the heroes, Cap forbids a rescue mission. But then the X-Men show up and volunteer to keep Galactus watch so the other heroes can go after She-Hulk. That's it. <laughs> Half this issue is just the villains saying the word She-Hulk and pointing at her. <laughs> and that happens about half a dozen times. Like Each member of the Wrecking Crew does it individually. Right. Then Titania does it. It's ridiculous. They all just point and go, She-Hulk! And then she punches them in the face. And then they say it again and she punches them in the face. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I must say that out of a lot of uh, Zach's work on this, I think his She-Hulk panels, where she's actually fighting, not when she's being beaten to death, are quite striking. Like um, when she pushes... I don't even know who that Wrecking Crew member is. But the one she punches directly into the face and cracks the wall around him. Dozer? And when she fights uh, Titania, I like the little three-panel sort of toe-to-toe fight. Right. I think it, there's some really nice panels. And when he was drawing Doom laying on his bed, the fact that he looks uh, one-dimensional and has been <laughs> steamrolled is possibly the sec- the, one of the greatest images of this <laughs> series that I've seen so far. It's, it's flat Stanley Doom. Um, I think this is probably one of, maybe one of Zach's stronger issues. Because yeah. I think the, the fights are quite um, dynamic. Yeah, I would, I would agree of, with you there, mate. Right. There's a lot of, um, and like iconic as well moments like Magneto somehow lifting loads of rocks and the whole slicing off someone's arm Wolverine yeah, slicing yeah, off, Wolverine uh, off arm. absorbing man's rock arm that was really cool and we do get an explanation of where these other girls came from they came from Denver just like Spider-Woman so that's interesting I guess not really um, sure why not like... <laughs> and that was funny because Wolverine gets toasted by Volcana and a Professor X's um Medical expertise, since he's burned all over his body, is to freeze him. Not sure that's right. <laughs> uh, do you not child, uh, trust Charles Xavier's medical knowledge, Jason? No, I don't. <laughs> Have we not learned over the years that freezing caught, like heals burns? <laughs> yes, obviously. I, I, I have a science degree. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. <laughs> that's how that works, right? Yeah. So one of my favorite <laughs> use of powers in a fight, and maybe the whole series, is... uh. Magneto wrapping up Dr. Octopus in his own arms. Yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah, it never occurred to me that, oh yeah, they're metal arms, so he just has control of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whoopsie. Has Magneto ever fought the Winter Soldier? So he just, like, controls his arm as well. I I like the idea of Magneto having these powers over these, like, 
somewhat cybernetic characters and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Takes pretty... them off, rips his arm off. Right. Yeah, he just like crump, just crumples <laughs> um, Bucky's arm. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. That should be in the new series. Like, they should pull soon. it off and then beat him with it. Especially oh, because... Yeah, he yes. rip it off and like, beat him to death. <laughs> Not that he's already died once. Right. Twice. 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 Three times Winter Soldier. He's, he's um, try, he'll catch up to Gene eventually. Exactly, yeah. He's, he's Gene! Gene! There's no genage no here. That, um, folks, is a callback. <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. I'll be honest with you, though. Um, Cap, who's all like never leave a man behind is totally willing to leave a woman behind well yeah oh, like totally willing. He specifically like... says never leave a man behind to be fair right and he is and... from the 40s <laughs> uh, yeah good point totally <laughs> and what I find amazing is like almost as if um, obviously we mentioned before on the last one that Shooter hates Colossus and Kitty but he just forces this Colossus subplot into any place he can right yep. like yeah, was it? He dedicates what four panels to it this time, where yeah. she's just he's just wandering around, and then oh shit, nearly dead alien girl drops on his face, and that's yeah. like pretty much it, isn't it? Man, when she faints, she turns a pale yellow. <laughs> I'm like, is she already dead? Someone just pushed her in his way. Plus, oh, doesn't seem to mind. Hey, hey guys, get it? The dumb bimbo only thinks there's one kind of doctor. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of Doctor Octopus. Is like, uh, I'm a physicist, not an not a family practitioner. Yeah. Oh dear! I must and, say, I do really, really like the sound effects of this issue. There's loads yeah. of like, like Dan was saying, that the fight with She-Hulk and Titania is really, really cool. Yes, and some is. of those shots, like the way her body looks like it's moving when she's throwing punches and stuff, is really great. Yes. And you get Wham, you get Shrek, you get Bawam a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, there's a crash with a K, a Waboom, a Whoosh, a Thwam, a, a Whack, a Badoom. Like, there's so many good sound effects. <laughs> it's, it's pretty like, awesome. It's great. It's just really classic comics. I, I kind of miss classic Biff, Bam, Pow... And then just made up ones like Shukrak. Right, stuff yeah. Like Shukrak is the best. It's good every um, now and then. I know I compliment the art, but could I draw you to the, the final panel? And the Spider-Woman is missing her lower half of her body. Um, <laughs> and Thing looks like a gorilla in Pebble Dash. It's something slightly wrong and odd, almost, in that last panel. Honestly, I was looking and thinking... Because it, it, it caught my mind that, obviously... Spider-Woman's black and white so I thought maybe that's like she's her pants are white and then I had another look I was like no her pants are black it's her legs that are white and I was like so she's actually hovering right just her I think torso is hovering you could argue that the to be continued little thing covers up the, like her, her at the waistline I guess well I'm Captain well, Marvel but not Spider-Woman not Spider-Woman if you look right in the background Spider-Woman right, Iron Man right oh yeah things. sorry Spider-Woman sorry there's a sorry. gap I was thinking there's Captain actually, Marvel yeah of course there's actually a gap where there was yeah no you're one. right holy shit unless yeah. someone's sorry, got a white I... screen like there's a little white wall <laughs> running around them it's, oh, it's yeah. like she wore green pants to the green screen scene yes exactly <laughs> mental oh, and then yeah like sorry the heroes change like Thing is missing a leg unless um, and it looks like Hawkeye's perched on someone possibly his leg in the panel above it yeah, there's no, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. Johnny Storm looks like elongated man, or should I say, Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> um, the way he's stretched. Those last two panels, unfortunately, ruin 
ruins well, like, a bad art. That, that last page in general is just weird. Like again, yeah. it's the perspective thing. There's lots of weird shit going on. Right. Like Xavier's face at the middle there, like his eyebrows are like <laughs> six or seven inches long. Oh, those are those They're are sixties Professor X eyebrows, right that, there. Yeah, that's proper Professor X yeah. eyebrows. Like, that's straight um, up Jack Kirby's eyebrows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of miss those <laughs> big, like arcing things. I, I do these love these the seem like extra shots. long um, for some reason. Has anyone else got um, color bleed? Because it might just be my my issue. But oh. on the page before it, there's some color bleeding. Yep, um, on the line, there's just, on there's just purple eyes. everywhere. Yeah, Hawkeye's yeah. mouth. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I. And there's some really manly shot. Even Spider-Man looks too manly. He's actually broader than the in, than the thing in that shot, <laughs> with his shoulders. But um, it's some of the it's the group shots where they're all standing listening to Cap. They all look a bit slightly odd. Right. It's perspective. I'm yeah. you, it's just like the covers. They can't quite get people's sizes right. Hulk goes from like much taller than everyone else to about the same size as Spider-Man to other stuff. And then Thor looks like He-Man, and I can't <laughs> get it out of my brain. I just want... He looks... Oh, That's cringy when you want it. By the power exactly. of Grayskull! Right? Yeah. He's got... No, the, I, think... I forget how bad his haircut is sometimes. I really do like the um, all the um, villains looking down on She-Hulk, apart from Titania's, uh, right. seems to, Titania seems to have a massive neck. But other than that, um, that's a really nice shot. Yeah. All like, yeah. Well, I, I hold to my, my, my Zek thesis. I really like his art, but he's not very good at drawing things far away. Yes. Absolutely. You, you agree. Yeah. Your, your theory is being proven correct here, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so the only other thing I wanted to point out is I, I like that Professor X tells Captain America he's speaking to him telepathically because otherwise we ha- we would have had a scene with a Benny Hill music of Cap like looking under rocks to see who was talking to him. Like, where's that voice coming from? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Just yakety sax comes in. You imagine Steve like in a montage, like lifting up beds and cars and stuff, and just searching for a bald man that he can't find. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I love the like announcing things as you're doing it. Or (laughs) hello, Steve Rogers. Nice to finally meet you, Captain America. Right, Steve. I am speaking to you telepathically. <laughs> yeah, the voice is in his brain. Right. I think that's a given. <laughs> You're not hearing it out loud. You can tell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as soon as he knows he's a telepath. That kind of yeah. helps. It's not like the first time they've met. Like... <laughs> By the way, I'm a telepath. That's what you can hear inside my inside. Head. Oh, but I know who you are. Yeah. I just like saying it. Maybe he's arrogant. He just likes saying it. He just at night time. Well, we we all know Charles Xavier is pretty arrogant. Like, yes. let's be real for a sec. Steve's just brushing his teeth. Steve, I'm talking to you telepathically now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Steve, I, I take control while you run because I can't use my legs. <laughs> On your left. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, I like the idea of Giles just showing up as various members of the Marvel Universe have sex and like right. speaking to you telepathically. <laughs> I I haven't been intimate with a person in many years. Oh my so god. I hope, I hope you don't mind me dropping in. No wonder Gene and Scott failed. <laughs> Gene. <laughs> 
was that, oh. was that Charles or was that Wolverine? We'll never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wolverine's dark. Charles is in his mind. Right. Let's not forget when when Gene first showed up, like really early in like the first ever issues of X-Men. Oh yeah. Basically all she is is a sexual object to all the male characters. Yes. Yep. Including Charles Xavier, oh, yeah. who is twenty years older than everyone else. He's the teacher and he's like, Come along, kids. Ooh, but my isn't she pretty. She's, <laughs> she's like thirteen or whatever she's supposed to be. But I like the dichotomy where it's like Bobby's like, Oh, I'll use my jokes and hijinks and, and Hank's like, I'll use my brains and Paul's like, I'll use my money and Scott's like, I hate her and they end up getting getting together. Right. <laughs> That's like it proves She has cooties. <laughs> yep, if you pretend to hate them. They love you. Yeah, you only hate the ones you love and all that stuff. All right. Well, Secret Wars number seven. (laughs) I think we uh, talked pretty good about the art. Uh, What do you want to grade this issue? On the strength of the art, um, I would go probably a three. Okay. We're still doing out of five, right? (laughs) Out of six, yeah. Uh, six, yeah, three. I I think it's like three. Two and a half, three. I'm going to go three. I'm going to be lenient and say three. Okay. What about you, Uh, Jack? I'm going to be boring and agree with you there, Dana. So it's just the the one three clawed hand up at the moment. I assume mm-hmm. it's the it's still the needle claws. So it's like <laughs> it's just a three. It's not like big metal blades three. Right. It's like needle claws three. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I think this is not the worst, and it's certainly not the best. But I think those I Dan mentioned earlier that the fight scenes really kind of redeem it. Right. In a lot of ways, as long as everything's kind of cl- close <laughs> and not too far away, <laughs> right? Um, just wait like, until even the, next the even the Vulca- Vulcana stuff looks quite good for right. for the most part. Yeah. Um, although after I mentioned the claws, I did have a quick flick back, and I was like, "Yeah, his claws are like two and a half feet long." <laughs> In that one shot where he's getting burnt, they are really, really long and skinny. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Him chopping off the arm and the whole She-Hulk fight section and everything like that right. is really, really cool. And uh, that kind of redeems it a bit more than the rest of the, the book, I think. Right. How about you, mate? I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to give it four out of six claws. I agree with everything we said about the art. And actually, on the story, where it's going is ridiculous. But I feel like this issue actually started to progress towards somewhere. Maybe not somewhere all that awesome, but at least it wasn't just meandering around in its own bullshit too much. Like, there was, I thought some, even mostly fighting, but still. I don't know. I, I thought it had a little bit of like, okay, we're going to maybe try to tell a story for an issue here. <laughs> so, cool. Well, uh, let's move on to number eight. The iconic number eight. Yes. One of the, probably the most famous issue of the entire series. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes, number eight. Invasion, as it's entitled, with the same creative team as before. And let's be fair, the most iconic uh, cover of the entire oh, series. Absolutely. Without a absolutely. shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. Yep. Amid the chaos, there comes a costume. Um, possibly the worst <laughs> thing you could ever put on, a, put on anything. <laughs> but um, it is just... Forget the absolute visual carnage that's happening in the background. <laughs> right. Because it is a mess. Um, it is a mess, and it's supposed to be because it's chaos, but we were talking about proportions. Just do not look. No, no. At the back. Just don't. It's all about the way Spider-Man looks, and it's just, it is striking. It, 
it ruins everything for future yeah. reference. It's like, by the way, he gets a black costume at the end. Right. But how can you not, when you think black suit Spider-Man, how can you not instantly think this right. image? Well, it's just, yeah. there's enough said to be fair. Yeah, and I'll, I'll remind me when we get to the end, I have a comparison to the cover I'd like to make. So, But, but go ahead and take us through this one, Dan. Well, this one literally jumps ahead to, well, jumps a tiny bit ahead, to the heroes on a sort of gallant drive to f- save Street Hulk from the evil villains. They smash into the place where um, Enchantress, possibly my favourite character of the entire series, is literally getting pissed. Right. Um, she literally watches them storm in. She has enough power to maybe stop them, and then she just she goes, she trips up, and she just... Lays there in, in, in wine, yeah. essentially. Meanwhile, it looks like Volcana's just a little bit annoyed about the noise because she's tending to... Um, uh, I've, I've just literally forgotten his name. Molecule Man. There you go. Man Wasp is another name you can call him. <laughs> the, the other Wasp. Right. Man Wasp is genius. And at the same time, um, it would seem that Lilizard is chasing a very crazy claw. Yes, he's back. Around the lair. So... From Crazy Claw, we go back to Posh Hulk, who is still getting battered by every man and woman under the sun, it would seem. <laughs> and as everyone else runs off to protect the base, Darkheart gets a sneaky little, I'll fling um, her into a, a metal piece, which actually makes her face go bright orange, it would seem, according to the colorist. And then we move, and Doom wakes up from his nap. We'll call it a nap. Oh. And fighting ensues, constant fighting. Um, the Absorbing Man seems to be a bit of a problem. Ben Grimm tries to jump in, but then turns human and is completely useless. And then Spider-Woman, with the strength of ten hulks, yeah. takes uh, the Absorbing Man and just plants him in a wall. The end. Um, <laughs> the fight continues. We're talking about Doc Ock getting tied up. Ford does a good hog tie. That's all I'm saying. Um, I think Hawkeye actually wants to kill because he's firing some proper, like, sticky-in arrows now. None yes. of these little trick arrows. Right. And then we go to my favourite two scenes. Uh, the Hulk <laughs> bursts be- in on Drunk Enchantress. She um, woos him and makes him faint. Yeah. And then Cap comes. She tries to use all of her powerful feminine wives, and uh, Cap proves that once and for all, you know, gay is, gay is might. And uh, he conquers her, because he's clearly not one for the ladies. Right. And mm. moving on... Spidey fights the ultimately powerful Titania, who I don't understand her plan. I think she's going to just basically collapse the entire structure to kill the heroes. It's not quite clear. Um, But they have a nice little fight, and it goes on for quite some time. Spidey kind of wins by default, it would seem, because he's Spider-Man. There's no other reason why he wins. The other heroes try to get to uh, the problem where they meet with Volcana, well, Iron Man puts them in a force field. To the, well, no, Molecular Man puts them in a force field to try and save them, stop them from getting caught. And lo and behold, Monica Rimbaud is actually useful, Captain Marvel's actually useful for the first time in this entire series um, by stopping both Volcana and Molecular Man. Yay. And then we move off with all the action carrying on. Ultron has a bit of a fight. Apparently, Human Torch and Captain America are enough to uh, keep Ultron at bay. And, um... Cap double dooms as he moves on to a hallway where Ben Grimm and Hawkeye uh, are playing pat a cake with Claw and the Lizard and this is when I lose 
consciousness. Faith in humanity. Um, but Captain Marvel is the only hero to find the beaten shield, and lo and behold, she is put into magical healing tubes seconds later. The healing tubes we saw in issue two. And right. she'll be fine in about five days, or whatever it is that Mr. Fantastic deems worthy, I would seem. <laughs> um, flash to Colossus holding his now not as pale girlfriend. He gets high on alien gas and then sort of I don't know if it's like a suicide pact, but he's basically like <laughs> sleep my beautiful beloved and it's kind of creepy. And then mm. Wasp just wakes up for no reason. And there's more Captain Marvel. Like Monica's getting a lot of screen yeah, time here. Yeah, definitely. She is getting she's got like five lines, you know. I forgot don't, about her arm tapes. Jim... <laughs> yes. Well, she's happy. And then Xavier's just like, Oh look, Galaxus. It's got something's gone wrong. And then for some reason Reed is doing something to Tony Stark's arm. Not his actual arm, his robot arm. Right. Before people think this has gotten even weirder than it actually has. Mm-hmm. Spider Man now talking about weird. Spider Man's just like, right, I'm just off to the bathroom. Find some sort of device with a dish, which you put your head in the dish, it dispenses black stones, you touch said black stone, you get a new costume. Yes. And then pretty much he decides that subconsciously the stone gave him a black costume because Spider-Woman exists. Well, yeah, he was, he was checking her out. So it was uh, fresh just on like, his mind. Ob- obviously, I'm also now in a black and white costume. Right. And then the slightly perturbed heroes here, Xavier shouting in their head that Galactus is about to eat the world. Yep. The end. <laughs> I do want to point out, just for our nitpicky listeners, uh, that was a James Rhodes Iron Man arm, not Tony Stark. Yes. So. I, I was about to comment oh, on yes. that. I, I forgot. I was like, why is he getting Reed Richards to fix it? Tony right. Stark's a genius. And then, of course, you get the, were you surprised there's a black man under the metal? <laughs> <laughs> you literally get that line, and then Reed just like, never gave it a thought, really. He doesn't say, no, I don't care. I'm not racist. Right. Like... Oh, yeah, it's, it's, there's all sorts of problems with the dialogue in this issue. Yes, yes, there is. This issue, <laughs> however iconic the uh, cover is, this issue is just weird. It's like, kind of garbage Those moments that make, yeah. make no sense. Like the patty cake, what the... Yeah, yeah, like pretty ben much. Grimm, ben Grimm and Hawk are like, oh, we'll go and search the base, and then next time, next time you meet them, <laughs> playing patty cake with Claw, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Like, why would they even... And, yeah, it's... Unfortunately, it makes no... Like, lots of things make no sense. Like, how he gets the black suit makes... Oh, man, yeah. So for something that, like, is super, like, important to Spider-Man continuity, the fact that it's just he went... He meant to go to the costume machine and accidentally went to the machine that for no reason... Keep symbiotes in it. <laughs> it's like a them. yeah symbiote disposer, right? Like a fucking Pez machine for venom <laughs> well, and carnage. You put your head in a dish and it's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like sitting, getting a perm done, and then you're suddenly covered in alien black goo. A dish that changes color and design between right. panels. And picks yeah. a costume that the last person you masturbated to wore. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's just some really... And, like, it's creepy. Like, the Colossus thing is just getting creepy. Yeah. It is... I mean, it's interesting, I guess. 
question mark that the lady used all her healing power to bring Wasp back to life and that's why she died but I mean who really cares and and wouldn't we all just be better off if Wasp stayed dead I mean really pretty much <laughs> uh, no no I was just going to say wouldn't it have been that time of death wouldn't it have been nice if the human dodge actually died in the moment when he melts Ultron yeah so okay since this is the podcast that goes snicked they make a, a comment that you can't melt adamantium but that's pretty much how Wolverine got all his stuff, was they melted down adamantium and coated his bones with it. So I thought yes. that was very, very weird. And yeah. also, how did they make Ultron then? Like, he just was formed that way? They found an Ultron-shaped piece of adamantium and put a chip in it? I mean... Yeah, in, in order to make things out of metal, you have to make it molten to shape right. it into that shape. You don't just get chunks of metal. In order to refine it from an ore that you would find in Wakanda, you would have to melt it. Right. That's how the refinement I process works. I do like works. the idea that in the Marvel Universe, when you chip away in a, in a cave finding metal, precious metal, you just come across a fully realized exoskeleton <laughs> for a dangerous robot. And you go, oh, yeah. I know. I'll just you just find an Ultron inside. head just hanging out. <laughs> I'll shove some insides and we're done. Ooh, what's... Oh, where's... oh, there's a foot. All right, stick these together. <laughs> I'm and I honestly try one of the non-adamantium microchips inside. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> fuck off. Really? Fuck off, Dad. You don't even know what that means, Johnny. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, oh, I just assumed there was a non-adamantium bit. and that I didn't, I didn't at all do like a nerveblast just to assume that I could kill right. um, Steve, Steve, who somehow is still protected by it, by his right. tiny shield. Speaking of cap shield, is this his first day to carry it? Because he just leaves Doom laying there. Like, oh, he's harmless. He won't ever wake up. <laughs> that is such a weird way. Is this the double Doom? Doom? Right. Doom? Like, <laughs> Doom is a question mark. Then Doom is like, Doom. Doom? Doom! <laughs> yes. Which, the by the way, I still wholly endorse the Doom drinking game while reading Secret Wars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You will be more drunk than Sprouse the Enchantress. Unknowingly getting lots of people drunk. <laughs> Enchantress drunk. Doom, 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 doom. And everybody's like, oh, God, Steve, sharp. And and the fact that Hawkeye, I assume Hawkeye killed that poor innocent, well, not innocent, but poor um, Wrecking Crew member. Right. With the arrow to the heart. Because he's literally laying unconscious slash dead. And when <laughs> Cap comes across him. Hold on, I've, I've just had a revelation that Enchantress has been playing the Doom drinking game all along. Ah, oh yes. my god! And we we never we just didn't notice, and then it finally caught up with her. Steve finally says Doom, 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 and she's like, "Oh god!" and just falls over. And, yeah. I need to seduce the Middle Hulk. <laughs> oh dear. Um, we mentioned Doctor Doom, 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 looking super flat in the last issue, right? And now. Anybody who lies there on Molecule Man is just, like, two-dimensional Yes, at, yeah. at best. It's really, really weird that you can't possibly draw a three-dimensional person <laughs> lying down. Nope, it's not in the Zach, uh, Zach, not in the Zach skill set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, you, uh, but you can make sure everybody has a nice, hairy, manly chest. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm rereading, right, I'm rereading, talking about all this craziness, I'm rereading why Cap beats Enchantress and it's literally just he says nothing it's all she just assumes that he has a strong will and he wants to do this the hard way of course he does and like oh you wouldn't hit me 
And he's like, oh, if there was no other choice. But the look on his face is not if there's no other choice. It's like, I beat women for a living and I enjoy it. <laughs> that is the look on Cap's face. Uh, this series has, has made me see Captain America in a completely different light. In what? a Jim Shooter light, I suppose. The, yeah, um, yeah. In, in, <laughs> in the vein of just shooter me. Yep. Yeah, because Enchantress is all like boobs out and everything. Yep. My main issue with this issue is without a doubt the dialogue yeah it's like cranked up to 11 with weird shit that doesn't make sense (laughs) and random racism and sexism and all sorts of weird stuff like so i'll give my my two favorite examples of it doesn't make any sense one we've already mentioned was the um i made the notes about the the adamantium thing as well jason is that the core of the hottest star could not melt my adamantium body human nothing can harm me i am mechanically precise and computer swift the hell does that mean computer well, swift it's hyphenated as well as if it's supposed to be one word what does that even mean and then that, the... that was again something that went on the back of the toy package <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah fully posable and computer swift the new ultron figurine it comes with a usb bizarre. port <laughs> Come with butt. USB 1985. Yeah. <laughs> now with full VHS integration. Right. Um, there you go. Um, and then the the sexist part, I think you can all guess where this is going, is when Janet wakes up and thinks, oh, oh no, I just realized I don't have any makeup on and my hair must be a mess. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Because and she looks Jim exactly hates the women. same as ever. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. He's he's angry that, that Iron Man is black, and he's angry that Janet Varner is a is a woman. But he managed um, to um, give Monica some dialogue, which is the first time in a goddamn long time. Right. Five words. <laughs> <laughs> Five words. <laughs> give the black woman something to say. I wonder if he really upset. He's really, really upset then that he made Spider-Man black. I wonder if that hurts. <laughs> <That's laughs> well, it's not his color of his skin though, is it? So true. 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 Yeah. And why I, are they so I, shocked oh. in the final panel? Like why? And their faces like that. I don't get it. They've they forgotten them? about Galactus, basically. Like, oh, they yeah. The giant planet-eating <laughs> god of a villain has just been <laughs> hanging out for, what, eight issues at this point. He hasn't done anything in seven issues. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should go and stop him. He's just been vibrating on a mountain for, like, months. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I love how accepting Spider-Man is of just black goo, of just, like... Yeah. Doesn't even think twice. Like, oh, this totally Wait. makes sense. It must Wait be. Until the and yeah. and it's not even like a, a bunch of this. There's one thing I really do miss, and I'm, we mentioned it um, in the last episode as well. That I really miss thought bubbles and yes. stuff like that. That they yeah. they they're no longer around in comics very much. No. But but Spider Man just talks out loud to himself. <laughs> just for no reason. They should be thought bubbles if you think about it. He's on his own. And uh, just the line of, must be this one. It looks like it wants to make me a costume. What does that even mean? Yeah. This this machine looks like it wants to make me a costume. <laughs> that machine looks like it's either going to make an espresso from your brain. Right? Uh, or kill you in some other horrific way. Or just give you a perm. perm yeah, through yeah. your spider mask. <laughs> oh my gosh, what? how awesome would that be? 70s black exploitation Spider-Man. Oh, why yeah. Dan Slott, why was that not in Spider-Verse? <laughs> he was there in the background somewhere. Like okay. the, the black dynamite of Spider-Man. Right, right. Oh man, that'd be amazing. I want to see like Punk Webbing Spider-Man up some turkeys. black exploitation. 
Spider-Man. I, like, I love how, like, carefree he is, though. His Spider-Sense goes off, and he's like, maybe I should go, oh, hey, oh, no. And then he's just like, well, cool. Why is this setting off my Spider-Sense? Oh, it gave me a new suit. It's fine. Right, right. You don't want to you don't want to address the whole Spider-Sense, or the fact that it didn't, like, give you a new costume. It took over your current one. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's not a new costume. It's an ooze that coated your current costume that seemed to just magically spread across your body, and you're just like, not bad. Different. For a scientist, he's a, he's a Prometheus scientist. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like the geologist from Prometheus that's like, oh, no, I can't possibly look at dead aliens, but I'll go and stroke this live evil goose snake thing. <laughs> I, I have problems with that film. And then basically Peter Parker is doing the same thing here of like, Oh no, my spider sense is tingling, but ooh, goo. Yeah. Just yeah. I suppose that there's the black goo tie in with Prometheus as well of just arbitrarily well, and, powerful. Yeah, and X Files and, and many other black uh, goos. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um I do say, so that last page or that last half of that last page, they should have put that on the cover. Yeah. And or at least have made the cover like that without the background. Like just yeah. have Spider Man on on pink stuff <laughs> posing and that's all you need on the cover. I mean there's no reason so, yeah. to have all that shit back there. Yeah, like going back to the cover, his pose on the cover is so weird. It's so unnatural. He's like It's like it's jazz, jazz hands. hands. It's jazz hands. It's absolutely we all said that in agreement at the same time. <laughs> that's not a good sign. It's like we he did an he did an audition, it went slightly wrong, he thought he could like Overcome it with some jazz hands. Yeah. I said, play me off, Johnny. And he's like, da, 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 da. Yeah. and that's the, the end there. Like, what is, for such an iconic cover, that's a fucking stupid pose. And then, like you said at the end of the, the, the second half of that final page, is he just like skipping? What's going on there? He's doing like, like you said, that. The pose at the top half is kind of badass, and that would make more sense for the cover. Right. And then he's just, like, hopping around. Well, because the earthquake, what? he gets knocked over. But he's, like, Because he can't stick air. to the ground. Oh, so, no, no, no. And it's not an earthquake. It's a planet quake, Jason. Oh, Jesus Christ. Get it, get it right. You know, if it's, planet, it's clearly if planet a planet quake. Does that mean it's cracking into pieces and we should all right? yeah. leave? <laughs> if there's seismic activity across the planet... Right. Something is horrendously wrong. <laughs> he seems happy about it, to be honest. Exactly. Oh, no, it's a planet quake. Let me just skip him with my new costume. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like we should... Uh, um, yes, we should probably this one. grade this one. So, art's okay, whatever. Um, so, I'm going to give this one out of six claws. And though that claw comes only from the new Spider-Man suit and the fact that they made a Hawkeye mash joke. And that's all this issue has going for it, in my opinion. You got half a claw for a mash reference because right. Hawkeye. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Jason. Well yes. done, sir. When are you guys going to give number eight? Um, I'm not going to be much more generous. I think I'm going to go two. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking of going one just because I can't handle this dialogue right. or the sexism or the racism. Or the ridiculous poses and just... There's so much wrong with it. For being, like we said, clearly the most famous of all of the issues. Right. 
it's it might be the worst. Is <laughs> is is easily in the bottom like three for me. I agree. And yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with two, but I don't really know why. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I said two when I first when we first recorded the first episode, and I can't remember why it was that high. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna stick with two. All right. And I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one and a half. One for the cover. Oh, one for the cover. Half for the little um, bit of Nightcrawler we see where he sees Galactus's bum on TV, and it shocks him so much that he drops his bun that he's eating. No, I thought it was his rock collection. <laughs> but he's eating it. There's a bite out of it, unless he eats it. Yeah, there's something we didn't we didn't tell you about Kurt Dan is that he just eats rocks for no he might, reason. He, he sort of weirdly staggers up the steps like he's got broken. He's like a frog, essentially, or got broken legs. And then the next panel, he's holding his rock cake, eating what looks to be of, you know, a sizable oh, chunk. Yeah. And then the, the next panel, he's dropping yeah. said rock cake rock cake because he's just watching Galactus bend over and yep. put a spoon on his machine. He's like, man, I want to stick my tail up that skirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So that's the reason for the Nightcrawler uh, appearance and rock cake dropping yes. would be the half the half uh, point. All right. Well, Jack, why don't you take us into number nine? Number nine? Yes. Number nine? Number, number nine? nine? Number nine? <laughs> number nine? Uh, how long can I keep that going before you edit it all out of the podcast? Right. <laughs> Four minutes later, Just I'm still FYI, going. FYI, listener, we did that for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the show ladies and gentlemen <laughs> is just going to be me saying number nine over and over and over i just get stuck anyway uh this is finally galactus actually doing something rather than just flicking superheroes at issue one <laughs> um i have to say this is again going straight into the cover there's problems with perspective but it's pretty cool cover, all, all things considered. Well, yeah, Galactus like, is just about to go into the YMCA dance. Exactly. Yeah, he's getting <laughs> and full on. They've totally forgotten that Xavier needs a wheelchair. Because he's <laughs> in between ha- Cap's hand and Thor's cape. That must be Xavier tweaking, t- twerking at us. He's just and, looking, uh, to hu- looking to hug somebody. They also forgot that Nightcrawler has a tail. Yep. Yep. There's all sorts of weird and shit. Well, actually, to be fair, Dan, this is a period of time where Professor X was not in the wheelchair. Yeah, he, he's True. not in the wheelchair from the earlier but issues. He, he talks about me? it because because Charles can he's work not in a that wheelchair. Butt. <laughs> yeah. He's taken advantage. He can only twerk when he's not in a wheelchair. So <laughs> you just you've never seen it before because you're so used to him being sat down. Right. down. He wants he to be doing it all the time. He is basically Miley Cyrus, but. Yeah. He's coming in like a wrecking ball. Um, <laughs> ah, there's a, that's a um, wrecking crew reference right there. <laughs> What's happened to, to Captain Marvel's face? She wears a mask, right? But it kind of looks like she's wearing Cyclops' visor on her face. Like I said, but other than that, I no, quite like no, this, no good so. Zach Faraway stuff. I really quite like Because we're in Spider-Man. <laughs> what is happening with Spider-Man there? He's, he's doing skipping his skipping up thing. the hill. <laughs> And he's yeah. so thin. He's like As you do. And his body, his torso is slightly like a centimeter away from the rest of his rest <laughs> of his legs. So it looks a bit weird. But I actually quite like this Can we talk this, about Thor's tiger-striped socks as well? I kind of like just, those, uh, to be honest. Amazing. Did Dennis Simonson do that too? He did, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
I love those things. Cap so prominent on the cover. I've realised why Cap's on the so prominent on the cover because he's not in the little corner where everyone's faces. Right. Cap's, Cap's the only one that's not there, so he's probably just jealous. No, instead he's spinning out the Hulk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a boulder. That's yeah. Is that one of Nightcrawler's rock cakes again? Yes, yes. It's Hulk size, though. Hulk size cake. And I like how Cyclops shoots his optic blast at none of the targets. Oh, yeah. I mean, we mentioned last time how much Cyclops breaks my brain. Right. As, as, as a guy with a physics degree, he shoots things with his eyes. If he looks at it, he hits it. Right. He's look. He's aiming with his eyes. He's so purposefully miss. on Galactus's you, side. Is he, that what you're so saying? So he's so he's looking slightly to the right of Galactus's foot. Right. Why Maybe he's just great job. Just, just look. Just look at Galactus. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dan. You can he can hear the distant. Wolverine's <laughs> 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 like halfway down Jean. the mountain. That's his, <laughs> That's his battle cry. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx to that. Jinx, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. We spent far too much time podcasting yeah. together, Dan. What is wrong with Hawkeye's arms? <laughs> well, one of them is shriveled and uh, dystrophic. Is that is that the right word? I don't know. Yeah, and, and She-Hulk's suffering um, something as well because her thighs are massive. Oh, huge. Her arms oh, are yeah. tiny T-Rex size. <laughs> That's attempt at perspective, I think. Yes. Like the, le- the legs are closer to us than the arms, so right. they should be bigger, but they're like three yeah. times bigger, and that's not how... And she, entire entire body is bigger than Hawkeye. <laughs> He's closer yeah. to it. She is... Like, if she's near Nightcrawler there, she's like 15 feet tall. <laughs> and then... Like, who, who's the tiny, tiny person right at the front? Who's leading the charge there? I don't know. Who that it is, actually. It literally could be anyone. It, it could, could be, be anyone. Who, who else is left? Uh, Spide, 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 oh, roll call. Like, process of elimination style. Um, let's see. It's not, not all the X-Men are covered. Or it can be Snowstorm's over there. Um, Spider-Woman? Yeah, it could be Spider-Woman. It's a little black blob, so it could be Spider-Woman. could be. Hey, bully for her on her first mission. to Just taking on a planet-eating god of yeah. a... Giant purple man. She's she's second in line to Human Torch. She's uh, shooting the dome. <laughs> R- Stop shooting things that aren't galactic. People. <laughs> right. you know, maybe, what what no, are you doing? I think um, Johnny here is pretending to be the idiot. He's actually like usually when we beat this dude, it's through destroying his machinery. Right. So I'm going to do that while the rest of you just. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe maybe yeah. Johnny's got the right idea. You're right then. So everyone else is like attacking the big dude, and he's just like, no, I'm going to melt it before I eat the planet. <laughs> so, but. Lo and behold, who knows if they're successful? Only Jack does. Only Jack does. Exactly. So let's get stuck in. We have Peter realizing what's going on. Lenin's beard. Announcing by Lenin. Lenin's beard is just the best. Oh, such a good exclamation. And then, of course, going back and hugging his girlfriend and and finally finally getting his metal on, for want of a better phrase. Yes, but his Um, pants off. Yeah, pants off, metal on. <laughs> the, the the Peter Rasputin story. That's my new hashtag. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the title of his memoirs, I think. <laughs> so yeah, he he goes off, and the X Men try and and get stuck in and try and stop Galactus, but there's a rock with nets for some reason. 
<laughs> I don't know what that is. It's like a little asteroid thing. But have have to say, as much as I hate Rogue's costume here, her phonetic southern accent is kind of amazing. I reckon <laughs> I'm ready for anything, Storm. Yeah. If it's dangerous, I'd better take it on. For, I'm hard to hurt. It's like, oh, ow, instead of I is yeah. just genius yeah, and thank you chris claremont for starting that <laughs> yeah exactly i i am kind of a sucker for phonetic accents just because they're so silly and right. so comic comic booky and ridiculous but um yeah dan you'll be happy to know that nightcrawler actually does things but not phonetically in german <laughs> no oh see that's where we're going wrong what is there not, is like there not an exclamation of was <laughs> yeah exactly or mein, mein Gott. Gott. <laughs> yeah, mein Gott. Oh, man. Did they all get so, yeah. killed? <laughs> no, carry on. So there's <laughs> giant nuclear explosion <laughs> of, of, of death. The power just kills all the X-Men. Let's just assume that, shall we? And then the, the wonderful team of Monica, Janet. Anyway, um, <clears throat> they look at the giant explosion of, um, yeah, I assume death of the, the X-Men without spoiling anything. Um <laughs> And, of course, the Avengers rush to come and save everybody, escape the Doom Base, the fortress fortress formerly known as the Doom Base. Um, <laughs> they essentially go and get ready to beat up Galactus, but Bruce Banner has a moment of sort of existential quandary of maybe I need to unleash the real Hulk and stuff like that. Um, I do, To be fair, I do really like when... Bruce has those moments. I much prefer uh, a tortured and sort of confused Bruce Wayne. Uh, I... Bruce Wayne, Bruce Banner. <laughs> I Bruce agree. Banner. I, I don't like the kind of smart Hulk com- combination of the personalities where there's no sort of extra depth to him. Right. I like when I, I need to embrace my savagery to do this thing, but that means I lose a part of myself, and that kind of the, the struggle that he goes through makes him an interesting character to me. And when they take that away, when they have the I mean, there's been a million different versions of Hulk at this point, yes. hasn't there? Yeah. It's various forms of Bruce Banner and the Hulk's body and Hulk's and the Banner's body, and then they're physically separate people for some reason at some point. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, we carry on, and again, some nice manly hairy chests because because Mike Zack. Yeah, we've got the same... Exactly the same creative team. I didn't even mention it because it's literally the same team as the last couple of issues. Um, we still got Shooters, Zach, BT, and, and everybody else as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's some really weird facial expressions in this um, sort of mid-page, sort of page six, I think, something like that. The Thing has a weird face. Iron Man has a weird face. Spider-Man gets booty shorts momentarily it's weird so they're basically just hanging out and discussing stuff getting ready to go and beat up galactus because we couldn't just do like a star wars style wipe of let's go to beat everyone up and then not star wars style jim shooter style with floating heads and 900 lines of dialogue yes exactly we get the classic shooter thousands of really random badly drawn floating heads (laughs) and and maybe the most amount of dialogue i've ever seen in an individual thought bubble <laughs> like those first two bubbles are monstrous i want to know the word count on those things right. it's mental and you'd think i mean you can basically boil that down into like a few sentences but to be fair i like the actual revelation this is the moment where kind of reed works out that 
you know, we, we're kind of just been having these childish fights and stuff, whereas Galactus is actually getting ready to eat the planet. And, you know, we kind of need to stop him. And I like that Reed kind of comes to that conclusion that he can, if we let him consume Battleworld, then the Beyonder will take away his hunger and will save, like, billions and billions of people. And that's actually a really amazing kind of heroic revelation for Reed to come to. And as terrible as that panel is, I really like that moment. It's one of my favourite character moments in the entire series. It could be a really heroic moment if it was executed a little bit better. Yes. But, um, uh, yeah, I really like that moment, and I like Reed as a as a man who is willing to take those challenges. As we, we find out much later on in more recent Fantastic Four stories, we know Reed is the man that is willing to make sacrifices in, and, and kill... Or, or let people die in order to save the greater right. amount of people and all that sort of stuff. He's the man that makes those tough decisions and, and all that sort of stuff. And I really like him as a character. Again, talking about sort of character depth, I really like that about Reed. And I think this is one of those moments, one of those kind of character-defining moments for him. And especially in this series, I think it's more, possibly the strongest like moment for him by far and, and one yeah. of the strongest in this series I mean, possibly in by anybody yeah yeah i'm with you exactly by yeah, the way yeah. 108 words yeah <laughs> seriously yeah holy give shit. or take a word or two for for bourbon but yeah so well over a hundred words in a panel <laughs> yeah a single panel people like, this is that's, what the that's beyond intense I've I've read comics with less than a hundred words in the entire right, <laughs> and and I don't mean like silent comics because obviously, but right. like genuine, actual comics with dialogue that have less than that in the entire issue. Like there are issues of Wolverine with less dialogue than that. Oh, definitely. Than that single panel, without a doubt. Especially when it goes all savage and just goes out into the wilds and stuff. Right. Anyway, back to. Now Hulk has got the, the Spider-Man thing of hopping around. To be fair, Hulk does that anyway. Right, yeah. But that weird, the, the weird, like, white line, little skipping thing that they do as he jumps around is just weird to me. Anyway, they go off and try and fight Galactus, and Reed basically starts disappearing, and Galactus declares... Reed Richards again. Reed is massively wordy in this as well. There's some massive, massive speech bubbles from Reed. Do you think Jim Shooter really likes Reed Richards? Is that what we're well, getting from? Him? I don't think he did for eight issues, but in number nine, yeah. <laughs> he's he's getting all the dialogue that he missed right from the first eight issues just into this one, and uh, yeah, and and apparently Galactus likes. Reed Richards, he teleports Reed as Reed has his sort of little revelation and you, we mustn't stop Galactus and kind of tells his plan to the rest of the Avengers. Galactus teleports himself and Reed up into his ship and he chooses, it's kind of like chooses him as the champion of life or something. I, I don't really know where Galactus is going with this. Well, it's very know, weird. Galactus. <laughs> He's being Galactus, exactly. Um, and then Doom just gets angry, and again, weird eyes in the metal suit thing yeah. that we mentioned before with Iron Man just makes everything way less intimidating. 
And then, of course, my old buddy Claw. I apparently have got all the issues that feature Claw. <laughs> I got I got his debut earlier on in in the last episode, right. and now he just shows up again. Toodly doodly do, and whatever the hell else he does. <laughs> so Doom and Claw are, are hanging out, and Doom's kind of recovering, and, and the the battle outside is carrying. People are just throwing rocks now, apparently. Because nobody has any superpowers, so let's just throw rocks <laughs> at things. Then there's some really cool shots of everybody hanging out and discussing stuff. And they do manage to do some damage eventually to uh, Galactus. Like, like Dan said, the way to defeat Galactus is apparently just to smash up his machines and stuff like that. Definitely. <laughs> and they like do enough damage that they get galactus's attention essentially right and then he just comes out flicks everybody off doesn't really care takes a bunch of hits that don't seem to do anything and then just jet packs off just hangs out <laughs> not doing much and for some reason like foils reed richard's plan and then he just flies off like, yeah. oh okay well th- they were they were going to let him win, or they should have done. I, I, I'm actually kind of with Reed in this, but um, the Avengers, of course, being the Avengers, the morally perfect Avengers that, that Dan has mentioned before. Um, I think you, you were talking about Avengers versus X-Men before, Dan, weren't you, when that was around, and how it's always the Avengers are the heroes and everyone else is just the dick, and they can't possibly be wrong and everything like that. Right. <laughs> They're just morally perfect mega heroes. <laughs> and... Yeah, so Galactus flies off, and there's some really weird, cool cosmic stuff, to be fair. Really, really like Zek's work when it goes all... I mean, it's very Kirby. That's why I like it so much. But um, (laughs) there's some really, really cool moments, and and Doom gets a nice little moment at the end there of um, he's basically (laughs) (sighs) taking over the, the world ship and stealing all of its power. And but but how is he doing it, Jack? How? Uh, with so he <laughs> will, and I quote, perfectly, singularly attune to the energy of the world ship and steal its power with a bunch of lenses made from claw. <laughs> not made, not made by claw. No, from made from claw. Like they, they, and. What? 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 That's a, he's sound. How does that? How is he? What does that even mean? <laughs> Again, I, I kind of have to switch my brain off a little bit, but this right. is too much. Yeah. This is this is this is brain melting stuff. So he's formed what seems to be like a hundred foot columns, and like we can see, what's that? Seven of them, of massive lenses like if if let's say doom is like just over six feet tall yeah they're about six feet in diameter each lens right and there's about 30 of them going down so that's a hell of a lot of material yeah and apparently claw is just made arbitrarily of sound that turns to glass so you can uh, just I know you can you can exchange energy and all that stuff. I understand the conservation of energy and that you can't create or destroy anything. So in theory you could convert that sound energy into kinetic energy. 
or even matter if you really, really try, or if you like go into a black hole or something, or if you're Doctor Doom, or or if you're Doctor Doom. Apparently, he just goes. Uh, you don't see him like that. Like he just chops him up, <laughs> and it's just like. I'm just take slices and then. Well, my favorite and <sighs> least favorite panel on the issue is is Claw on the table looking like a loaf of bread. Yeah, yeah, just random slices and like arms and legs and. Yeah. Um, How easy is he to slice though? He's made out of pure sound. Wouldn't well, cut, like... cutting doesn't hurt when you're made of solidified sound, Dan. It tingles, ingles, ingles, ingles. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I don't get it. And I don't he just I, I don't. How you can't cut sound. You can't. That doesn't. Drop a beat though. So. Ah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So, uh, Claw is just the weirdest character. Yeah. He's kind of my favourite because he's fucking stupid and makes no sense. <laughs> and I love that I've just gotten all the Claw moments of him showing up and being right. an idiot, and then him being, as you said, Jason, a loaf of bread essentially. <laughs> And he's yellow on the inside, apparently. Yeah. That's the color. The color of sound is yellow. Who well, knew? Mellow yellow. Ah, <laughs> there we go. And yeah, he just starts singing some Edgar Allan Poe poetry <laughs> because I like that sound... you. I like that you assumed he was singing it because I'm right there with you. He's not just oh, singing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's sound. He can't not. I assume he sings everything. Yeah, or at least raps. Oh yes, yeah, uh, exactly. He like like Dan said, he's kind of. Laying down some beats. Yeah, he's, he's using like his feet to do like some sort of beatboxing. <laughs> On the other table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's playing drums with his arm over there while he's playing guitar with his other hand over there. And right. yeah, uh, uh, oh, this is weird, really weird. And I must say, I don't much like Doom's mask. The weird, like, grate across his mouth and yeah, the, the eyes and stuff. I'm not, I'm not big on this Doom design, if I'm honest. No. I do love that cosmic shot of the world ship and all that sort of stuff. Yes. That That's a clear visual highlight, possibly of the series for me, just because I'm a huge fan of all the cosmic craziness and right. tears in space time mm. and crazy, the the Kirby crackle or whatever you want to call it, right. the uh, dots and energy and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, what, what did you guys think? Well, um, not the art. I thought the space stuff was awesome. The rest of it was okay. Yep, I agree. I'm, I'm going to say something kind of weird here. I don't know if you guys will, will see it this way or not. I uh, feel like as dumb as this issue kind of is, I read this and I see a lot of stuff. I, mean, I feel like Hickman read this issue and yeah. and took a lot of ideas and obviously made them a lot better. But you had the idea, like even like down to the the Reed versus the Avengers on the philosophy of how to proceed. Like, like that's yep. all of Hickman's run. Like, and... um. I don't know, and just and and if you haven't been reading the most recent Avengers, I'm I'm sorry for the spoiler, but having Doom kind of be the principal, kind of God opposing the Beyonder, and that's kind of where we end up again now. And it's like I don't know, I, just, I see a lot of parallels from this issue particularly to to where Hickman ends up going and leading up to the new modern Secret Wars. I was gonna say yeah, with they're tied into. Secret Wars 2015 now, right. aren't we? So it kind of makes sense that there's going to be parallels. I guarantee 
that Hickman has gone back and read through these issues. Oh, definitely. And, and, and because, like I mentioned, the more modern runs of Fantastic Four, the obvious one is Hickman's just monumental series and in introducing the future foundation and the whole ff series as well and his the, the council of evil reads or whatever the hell they're called right. i love that stuff and his use of reed richards is what made me love that character right and i agree i totally totally see what you mean jason this is this has got influencing you can see the influences in in hickman's avengers work and fantastic four work from this this issue and I mean, I'm going to tease my, my claw rating later on. This is one of my favorite issues just for that reason, basically, because yeah. of because of Reed's fantastic moment and the, the kind of philosophical debate that goes on. Though I will say, 30 years later, I still kind of want to send Jim Shooter a death threat today for the Spider-Man swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter Parker in his booty shorts. Yes, and his white... It's like the colorist, Christy Shield, went out of his way to make him look like a pale city boy going to the beach. Like white, <laughs> yep. white legs. <laughs> yeah. Dan, what, what do you think of issue nine? You've been well, fairly quiet so far. Whereas I agree that it has parallels to Hickman's run, I think it's one of those issues that it's a little too late. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's lost. The, the series has basically lost you by the time it tries to redeem itself with yeah. um, ideas of ethics and like should the Hulk these are the questions that should have happened ages ago yes. when they were first arrived on the planet it shouldn't be like oh all this crap's happened um, Doom's made some hookers superhero hookers <laughs> uh, I've just chopped you know, even in this issue I've chopped a man made out of living sound like it's like Jim Shooter wants his crazy cake but still tries to tell everyone that the icing's fine and sound and I'm just like, mm, I, I like what's going on, but I like what it's seeded and what has grown from it as opposed to the actual issue itself. And I think the art is okay. Like so the, the space stuff, because it's really easy to do. Well, no, no, that's horrible. It's not really easy to do stuff, space stuff. But if it looks weird, that's fine because it's space stuff. Yes. Right. Whereas, whereas the, the characters have, since we said that issue seven was good, it seems to have progressively got worse, like from issue to issue. <laughs> like you can only do one solid issue, and then it slides down a little bit more. It's not the worst at all, and by no means it's not the worst. It's got some interesting ideas, but I just feel like it's too little, too late. Um, yeah, at, near the final, uh, we are literally near the near the end. It's at the beginning of the end, isn't it? Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 to pick up on what you said, Dan, about this being a little. Too, li too little too late basically I think that's because this is a 12 issue series and they've just stretched it out way more than it needed to be if this was a 6 issue series and this was like issue 4 or 3 even that yeah. would make total sense and you can have the like the mid series philosophical debate before the ending and the big battle and whatever else and stuff right. like that that would totally make sense but 9 out of 12 is yeah, it's too late. Spidey started already started to act like he's on crack, and everyone's just like, oh, "Right, it's just Spidey." <laughs> it's just he's just being annoying. And then is it is it it's Cap who's like, um, "Settle down, son. 
you too, Tarch. No one has questioned, apart from like Reed for about five seconds, where Spidey basically describes that some sort of organic compound has uh, essentially attached himself <laughs> to him, and you can like shape it into a swimsuit. And only Reed's kind of like, well, that's fascinating. Everyone else is like, meh. <laughs> right. Just meh. I'd be like, what the Just another hell? day in Battle World. <laughs> exactly. Someone, somewhere, would just be like, no. That's clearly wrong. Right. <laughs> On some level, something's gone wrong. But no one cares. No one cares. And and Doom has some re- remarkable facial expressions in, in this issue alone. I agree that his um, mouth great, mouth guard, his... I don't know what to call it. Um, he, he clearly needs a safe word when he uses it. But, <laughs> um, it's a bit much, but I'd I love some of the Doom expressions. I just, I think Doom's just a time. This proves how timeless Doom is as a villain. Right. No matter what shit he's in, he always seems to shine as the most interesting, even if it's because he's ludicrous. And most of the time it is because he's ludicrous. But he kind of just shines uh, both visually and like throughout the story. And even in his dialogue, because you always have to have him saying doom in some way, shape or form. Doom, 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 doom. Yep. Doom, 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 wonderful doom. (laughs) See? Perfect. But yeah, what I take from this is I like doom. I like uh, Kirby Crackle space figure eight things. And... Let's roll on to the next one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so um, one thing before we grade it, I did think it was funny that Thor was wondering why Hulk was depressed, and he assumed it was because he couldn't fit in the chairs. Just wanted to <laughs> throw that out there. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Well, so, Dan, when do you want to grade number nine? Oh, I'm going to give it, because um, you just said that, it made me smile. I'm going to give it two. Because of that joke alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, well, I'm going to actually be... This may be the first one we're, we're pretty different on. I'm going to go four out of six claws. Um, Basically, for kind of the things we talked about, basically just for Reed and for Doom. But that, that was enough for me, this issue, to enjoy what was going on a little bit more. So... Yep, I'm absolutely with you there, Jason. I'm going four as well. And the interesting thing, I I wrote that down, the the four out of six, and looking back at this, I kind of realize that we're doing like a relative scale to the rest of the series. If this was was just like, let's judge some comic books, let's let's go read a bunch of Wolverine issues or a bunch of Marvel comics and rate them out of six... No fucking way is this a four out of six. No, probably not. <laughs> but but in con- in comparison to everything else in this series, like you said, it's all about Doom and all about Reed for me. Right. They have like the the best like character moment in the series for me, plus the most ridiculous villainous. Oh, Doom is just he's just exquisitely villainous. Right. He's so talking in third person just evil cackling and chopping dudes made of sound up to turn into lenses to harness the power of a world ship you know usual villainous stuff i love them both and yeah for that reason it's it's one of the highest rated issues of the series for me yeah and like i said as long as we're rating it like relative to the rest of the series (laughs) then i'll stick with a four right there you go all right let's move on to number 10 we're in the in the home stretch 
Same creative team. On the cover, we have uh, Dr. Doom against the Beyonder to the death. And Doom's just tore up. And I'm going to say, we talked earlier about, I think we kind of all agreed that number um, four was our second favorite cover. Number 10 is my favorite cover. There's almost a McFarlane-esque feel to it. But I don't know. I just, I really, really enjoy it. Just the detail on it and just Doom being tore up and being awesome. And his face looks better too. I think, you know, I, I was looking at this and, and listening to what, or thinking about what we just said. I think the differences on this one, his mouth actually looks set back from the rest of the mask. Yes. And in the previous issues, it looks flat. And there's no depth to it. And so I really enjoyed the mask on this cover a lot more than in the previous issues. What did y'all think of the cover? It's it's striking. It's one of the more sort of like if you put them out in front of someone, you know, it draws your eye quite quickly. Right. It's got that classic sort of obviously he's a supervillain, so it's a bit of a twist, but that classic hero against all odds. Yeah. Imagery Bat- battle to, to the death kind of thing, yeah. Um I'm totally with you, Jason. This is my favourite of the series as well. Really, really great. It's up there with the uh oh, what we, was it the was it two, I think? I can't remember what it was. Anyway, yeah, this is really great stuff. And like you mentioned, I love Doom and I love this shot. Yeah. And it's, it's I love his, like, the, again, going back to the Kirby Cracker with the power in his fists and stuff right. like that and his, his suit all being torn up. And I'm going to tease the next couple of covers as well. This is so tonally different to the last two covers. <laughs> it couldn't be. They're all Doom focused, which I love because right. Doom is a badass. Yeah. But holy shit, is that a tonal shift? Like if you, like right. you said, Dan, if you line them all up, oh man, it sticks it's like, out like a sore thumb. What happened in issue ten that suddenly caused? <laughs> we, we'll, we'll get to it in, in in a minute, folks. Um, it is. Geez, mine. Like, my favorite cover is actually. Uh, one of the next two. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm debating whether mine is 10 or 11, to be honest. But, um, yeah, sorry. Carry on, Jason. Right. <laughs> so in number 10, Galactus is powering up for some battle world a la mode, but Doom siphons his energy, which is apparently psychotropic. He detects a spy, Captain Marvel, and breaks her psychic link with Professor X. All the heroes pile into a busted ship, and Magneto flies them to the rescue. En route, Wolverine, or Root, I guess depending on where you're from, Wolverine calls Cap out for not doing more to defend mutants, which is kind of a weird sidebar. Um, Doom decides to take his newfound omnipotence to fight the Beyonder himself. The heroes arrive to find Doom gone, the other villains still imprisoned, and Captain Marvel, now Captain Hologram. The battle between Doom and Beyonder shakes Battleworld to its core, literally, so Mr. Fantastic tries to tractor beam Galactus. Doom is literally getting killed, but he appears before the heroes with some lie about almost beating the Beyonder. He just needs to borrow some power. Magneto hesitantly reaches out before the Avengers tackle him, not wanting to save the world. Unable to borrow power, Doom loses. The Beyonder absorbs and studies his memories, then we get some nice Doom dissection. Then Doom awakens and reaches for his secret weapon. As the uh, base collapse, Cap and Wolvie free some villains and bond and become friends again. Doom returns claiming victory and an end to the war. We don't know how he got there. We'll have to wait and see. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
Can I just say, of all the images, um, <laughs> giant doom. <laughs> it's just astonishing. <laughs> just, he looks like a He-Man villain on crack. Giant doom wins. Looks like a poster. Now the supreme, now the supreme <laughs> being in the universe is doom. My gosh, Cap! Now what? Says <laughs> says Spider-Man. With his Literally, Mr. Fantastic like, left arm. Gosh. There's some really interesting moments. I like um, the Doom autopsy um, mental breakdown moment. Yeah. I quite like that a lot. And some of it quite intrigues me. Um, like I agree with you, what you just said, Jason, that Wolverine just calling Cap out in the middle of literally nowhere and like <laughs> getting his toothpicks out and <laughs> having a go at him. Right. is completely out of place. Like, what? I'm sat there going, what? <laughs> and that panel of Wolverine popping his claws is one of my least favorite Wolverine claw pop panels ever. I think that it looks like stupid. bad cosplay. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. it does. That's, that is bad and, and from the podcast that goes snicked, you would hope there would be snicked snicked when he gets right? his fucking claws out. I don't, it's missing, it's missing the snicked. Series? What is going on? Yeah, maybe Zek just doesn't do Snicked. I don't know. Ooh. I feel like it, we're on the Snicked cast. We need to find out. We need right? to do some Snicked research. I'm going to flick back through my other issues <laughs> and find out. I don't think am I, um, am I, like, clear in thinking that the Beyonder is just, like, blue, watery liquid? Yeah, Energy. but hey, that's probably my favorite yeah. panel of the book, though. This issue is oh, no, Doom, no. Yeah, yeah. Doom surfing energy towards the Beyonder in like the concentric circles, and it just looks really cool. That's the best the art is of this book, to be fair. The, yeah. the art's kind of, as usual, bizarrely inconsistent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to the point where it just doesn't make, some of it doesn't make sense. I do like the panel of him um, holding his hand out and Magneto almost going for it. Right. That's always a nice one. But um I think it's got its moments, but it's it's not the best. <laughs> not the best hurdle <laughs> before the end. What about you guys? Um I thought it was funny that Cap talks about hey, didn't we lock Doom in a cell when he's the one that walked away? <laughs> <laughs> um So what's everybody's opinion overall? I actually really quite like this issue just because it feels a lot more focused than the yes. last six, seven issues. <laughs> last um, nine. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. It kind of starts, like we said, it, it gets off to a strong start with the premise and then just completely loses itself with like Colossus going off and banging a random alien lady and whatever the hell else. And there's, it has the problem again, like I mentioned um, last, last episode, the, when we, Dan and I have discussed um, 52 on the Intercomics podcast, it, you get so muddy with all these different plot threads going on at the same time and stuff like that. And I like the focus at the end of this series that they bring everyone back together and they're kind of united by it. And it's that moment with Galactus. It's that Reed Richards moment again, like, oh, shit, it's Galactus. We all need to work together kind of thing that kind of brings everybody together and brings some really much needed focus to this series because it just gets so chaotic right. visually and, and, and story-wise as well. And I love the focus on doom yeah. as like a really great anti-hero. And the fact that uh, I love the Magneto and doom are like two of the best villains in comic book history. Yes. 
Oh, I, I, I was about to say in my opinion, but I think that's fairly indisputable. That they are <laughs> just just wonderful, amazing, and the the stuff we get with Doom, like like Dan mentioned with the um, like the autopsy by dissection yes. thing of Doom, and that was all. Oh, cool. that's such a cool shot, and yeah, I love all these moments with Doom, and yeah, I actually really quite like this issue compared to a bunch was, of the other stuff. I was going to say for a twelve issue series. And we're 10 issues in. This was the first issue I felt like you could even use the word pacing. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it's like <laughs> the only issue that even had any. And like I said, my grade is going to reflect our sliding scale, definitely. But I felt like this was one of the stronger of the series. So that said, I'm going to give number 10. Uh, I'm still probably going to stay at a 4 out of 6. But I thought there was enough good stuff. To kind of cancel out some of the crappier stuff, in my opinion. I, yeah, I think the highlights in this issue outweigh the rest of it. So I would grade it with three toothpicks out of six. <laughs> All right, and that leaves Jack. Uh, I'm going to stick with four, actually. I think they, these last two issues are two of my favorite yes. of the of the the one of the entire series, pretty much. And like I said, the focus on Doom is just kind of awesome and the uh, giant doom at the end and then he shrinks down the war is over and he takes his mask off <laughs> and that is the perfect amazing setup for the cover yeah the gl- glorious wonderful cover like an actual cover that actually ties into what happened in the comic book for the right. first time in, in yeah. a while like none of the shots in the other covers really happen, apart from the other one we really like with Hulk holding up the mountain and stuff. Right. That actually ties in plot-wise as well. Whereas the other ones, like with the floating heads and random people just flying about and stuff, are just cool shots. Actually, like story moments showing up on the on the cover and stuff, is what I love. And then this this closing image, perfectly brilliantly leads into the glorious ridiculous amazing cover of, of issue 11 <laughs> so uh yeah and and before we move on i must say i really really like that i know jason and i talked about this before we um started doing this secret wars special we talked about doing secret wars one and secret wars two or i basically asked the question of oh god we're not doing both um, <laughs> <laughs> to be more specific right. and <clears throat> i really love Compared to Secret Wars 2, for, for those of you who don't know, Secret Wars 2 basically has nothing to do with this series right. apart from the fact that it's about the Beyonder. And it and completely really, is it even destroys... really the same Beyonder? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It completely destroys all the mystery and all the enigma surrounding the Beyonder and talks about him learning to poo. And I'm not <laughs> I'm not being exaggerative. I'm not taking the piss. He literally learns to use human toilets in Secret Wars 2. Yeah. And going from, like, this disembodied, omnipotent, all-powerful thing that Doom, like, somehow fights, we think, kind of thing. And I really love that ambiguity and that kind of, again, the kind of cosmic mystery of the whole thing. I think that's so much more interesting than him just hanging out and being like, oh, hey, Spider-Man, I'm going to come be your flatmate. I'm going to come hang out in your apartment and <laughs> use your toilet. Like, it's such a weird tonal shift from, like, 
this disembodied entity like like we're talking about that shot with the concentric circles and the doom riding the energy and stuff right. that is such a cool moment yeah, it looks great. so it's like haunting and intimidating and really cool and really cosmic and weird and then secret wars 2 just undoes all of that in like two panels and then gets more mental from there, but in a completely different way. Is it, the other one is like too grounded and tries to humanize the Beyonder, and it just makes everything weird. It but feels really like a sitcom. The, yeah, yeah. I love the mystery and the ambiguity and the how like disembodied and kind of omnipotent he seems, and I really love that kind of weird cosmic side of things. I agree. All right, so number eleven from the last page of ten to the cover of eleven. What do we got, Dan? Well, um, the creative team carries on. Well, the only changes we have team. Nelson Yamtov is the new colorist. That is, and to be fair, his addition does make everything seem a little brighter. But I must admit that the face of Doom, as the cover uh, claims, but so it merely just shows his back, is my favorite cover. The reason being is because out of all the covers, I can take this seriously. And I can also take this comedically, <laughs> and I think it, wor- it works on both levels, doesn't it? It's serious because it's really quite like one of those moments where no one's ever seen Doom before. Well, his real face. Right. Um, there's a massive reveal. Everyone looks shocked. It's like that classic sort of "Oh my god" moment. But then, then you flip it to comical, and Doom is posing <laughs> so well. <laughs> Everything is so hand on hip, hand on knee, like, right. a, like a majestic. Is, it's a statue, right? <laughs> yeah, everything's so um, firm with Doom, and then we move on to the heroes. And Spider-Man has grapes on his shoulders. Yeah, um, weird shoulders. Looks to accentuate something. Um, yeah, shoulder boobs. I generally think that Doom <laughs> is showing showing everyone his newly found beyond a cock. Because their right? expressions, right? Like, I, I, I'm right shit, with you. Is that made of energy? Right. Like literally, is that made of energy? It's yep. quite the like, crotch thrust he's doing. It's almost a lunge he's doing. To you can right? just display you can everything. Hear, you can hear um, Thor basically whispering his head by Odin's beard. <laughs> and Spider Woman is like, is that a universe I see dangling there? They're all amazed. <laughs> They're all amazed. Wasp even shrinks down for it. And she has done nothing before for anyone. Right. I, I quite like the idea that Johnny Storm was just flying by, minding his own business. Oh my what? god! <laughs> what is this? He's going to crash into something. Yeah. yeah exactly. And like Reed is overcompensating by stretching his body right. as a reaction. Charles and obviously Cap's like, well, that definitely cements my feelings on the subject. Right. And um, Charles is like, well. And I thought Eric's was big. And that's basically <laughs> it, isn't it? <laughs> the cover is just a dick joke. It is one massive dick joke. And it's it's beautiful. There and it makes go. me smile. And that's why it's my favourite. Because it, you can take it completely seriously. Most people won't. Or you can take it like I did. Where it's a massive dick joke. You know, on, on the front cover of a kid's superhero magazine. <laughs> where they're selling these people as toys. I think that's bizarrely hilarious. And in this day and age, would be pulled. Um, from from publication, probably topical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but moving away from that phenomenal front cover, we have the beauty, the glamour, 
the Hollywood jaw that is Doctor Doom's revealing yeah. face. It is it's handsome Doom. He is a man. He is literally handsome Doom. He is the man that all men want to be and all women want to be with. He's there dashing. I could literally go on for hours about this amazing thing. He's, he's, right, so, he's so fucking handsome, isn't he? He's so handsome. He takes the mask off and it glows. There's a halo of glow around him. And Dust to Dust is such a beautiful, beautiful right. title. <laughs> but anyway, before I just swoon well, about how beautiful Doom is. Not to, not to take all the thunder out of your, your conversation here, but also take this page and go look at a steal from Emma Thompson in Men in Black 3. And just, you know, just compare them side by side. <laughs> he is a beautiful man, to be fair. Um, and I do love he's starting to have the Professor X aforementioned amazing eyebrows <laughs> that just that just go up at the sides because that's how villains work. Uh, Magneto has them, so Doctor Doom needs them. But God damn it, he is handsome. My <laughs> God. Eyes could melt butter. Oh, oh, he's just delicious looking. <laughs> anyway, moving anyway, on from yes, the carry on before, before we start Doom. questioning our sexuality for Doom. Um. The heroes, in a muddled slap-tash pose where you don't know who, what colours anything, Cyclops is black now, apparently, um, are just randomly staring at him. All in awe, to be honest. He is literally glowing, let's be fair. Right. Um, while in the foreground, um, the heroes, the heroes, the villains, sorry, um, not very impressed. And Enchantress, drunk as she still is, <laughs> basically plays with their minds, their little tiny minds, they all get a bit jealous. Monocle Man the most. He decides to, like, pull a piece of the Earth off the planet and attempt to do something with it. But Doom, quick, quite quickly, with all this power, sends him through a head trip that LSD could give you and mm. um, allows him to access his full potential, which I think is strange for someone that's trying not to have people fight him. Um <laughs> And so Elemental Man seems fine, wants to follow Doom, decides to like make a boat out of metal, because he can, and um, decides to go to his girlfriend's place with the rest of the villains in Denver, which just so happens to be on Battleworld. Right. Um, at this moment, the heroes, in all of the um, shiny bizarreness, decide to use Reed Richards as a giant bag and shove little <laughs> tiny heroes inside him and fly off with him. Sure, why not? And back, back at Hero Base, which could literally be... The, well, the battered ruins of Doombase, which was formerly the artist known as Doombase. Right. Um, the heroes stand around a table. Lo and behold, we get some flashbacks. And, of course, we get to see four hogtie Doc Ock again, because classic. Oh, yes. Everything's a different colour in the flashbacks, of course, because no one knows. Manly Wasp comes in and basically makes Hulk smash a wall. And then um, back in Denver... Every, everyone's basically freaking out, but then in Volcana's house, which is a really nice house, may I add, and it's got enough chairs to house many supervillains. Um, yeah. Everyone has a bit of a bit of a chat, bit of a what should we do? And then Molecule Man decides to put a giant bubble over the city and uh, fly it into space. Yeah, as you he's do. Gonna, he's going to take them home. Why not? And um, and the heroes freak out, understandably. And all the, all this is happening. Good old Mel Colossus is just you know dreaming about his loved one. Decides to go on a flying surf, sort of speedboat, not a surfboard, a speedboat to go see her, her dead body, or the feelings that she may not be dead. And while he pisses off, some random energy snake comes in and 
enters Hulk's ear. <laughs> Hulk then walks through a corridor where Spider-Woman attempts to stop him, almost succeeds, and then Hulk touches her and the it looks like the snake, energy snake goes into her and she walks off. The heroes, in their all their glory of watching Doom, have completely forgotten about Captain Marvel, who is still a hologram, just stood in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, Spider-Woman goes to try and pick up Claw's severed head when there was a giant light, and Cap is like, oh, Spider-Woman's voice. They run off, and Doom, because he is Doom, has decided to write in a very big, bold font, you are summoned to the Tower of Doom at Dusk Dawn Morrow. It's, it's, he's got messaging down to a T. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> The Tower of Doom could be a little bit more, I don't know, better designed. I assume going mad and wacky on space energy doesn't make you the best architect. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's done all this stuff. It's made him a bit tired. And so Doom decides to have a nap. That literally goes to sleep. Yeah. Um, he naps a lot in the series. Who was once was dead, possibly asleep, now wakes up girlfriend of Colossus. Colossus creepily walks into her room before offering her flowers. They smile, it's all happy, and then we jump to Nightcrawler and Wolverine, where Wolverine decides to give the audience a reason to um, justify why this relationship is important and it should happen, uh, which is a very odd moment in life. <laughs> and then the heroes go off to have a little bit of meet, go off to have a meeting with Doom. Doom's are like, I'm shiny now, I can bring Kang back, and I can destroy him. I'm all powerful. Do you want anything? Cap's like, no, we're thanks, but thanks, Doom, it's fine. He's like, all right then, book off. And he's like, okay, bye-bye. And this all seems very happy. And then, you know, sneaky Xavier is all like, I think he's evil. And Cap's like, hmm, I agree. So they piss off. Cap Cap sneaks back in to see what's happening. And lo and behold, Doom's made like a sort of super swanky bachelor pad for himself. Yeah. And Why, um, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you if we're superpowers? And then, for some reason, um, Claw leaves them to, you know, have bro time and gets trapped by Spider-Woman, who sends the energy snake into him. And he he starts walking in a different direction. And then we have Cap sat on a poof. And I want to say it's a stays long. Doctor Doom is literally on a stays long, drinking from a goblet. And, um, because Doom. Then cra- and then Crazy Claw comes in. And you'd think that's enough, but the issue just keeps on going. And... <laughs> Cap's like, let's um, have a meeting. And the mother of all cock blockers <laughs> jumps, jumps in just before Colossus, you know, can get the deed done. And then they have a really interesting conversation where Cap is basically telling them what to do. In a boardroom. A superhero um, boardroom. Board yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. And, and basically, out of intimidation, Spider-Man joins. I'm in. Who wants to argue with all those heavy hitters? He's actually scared for his own life if he says no. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Everyone else agrees. And then, for some reason, we're supposed to care that Colossus has a connection to someone else on this planet. And to, and then all of a sudden he cries and goes, I say yes, we fight. And boom. <laughs> they all get blown up. Shracked. Shracked, indeed. Not a snicked, a shracked. Right. With a podcast um, that goes shracked. That's right, on this episode. <laughs> well, this episode of... <laughs> from the look of this explosion, may I add, from the look of this explosion, it looks like Mr. Fantastic is literally cut in half. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. He's and, got his super wavy arms them, again. A lot of them are uh, melting alive. Good times. I'm going to say, issue 11, I feel, packs in lots of stuff just before the finale. It feels mm-hmm. like a sort of everything we need to know 
walking in to the end, if that makes sense. Right. I feel like it's like, this is this. This is what they're doing. It, it does have focus. Uh, it, you know, the whole thing is getting more focused. But I do feel like it's like, let's move the pieces into the right order so we can have the big old finale. Right. I, I enjoy, to be honest, I enjoy the imagery. Seeing Cap and uh, Doom basically chilling out. In right. A, <laughs> just, just pimping. <laughs> in some sort of ostentatious hey, hey, did, did you know that Dr. Doom wears crew socks under his armor? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Dude's got style. But... I, be- I bet they smell great. <laughs> they smell of doom, of course. They smell great. It, when you're good, that good-looking, you smell amazing as well. That's true, that's true. Right, let's, let's, let's get real. Right. My favorite but... part about that whole cap scene, though, is he's in his socks and no shirt, and he armors up to go sit in another recliner. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this you is my armor recliner. When you have guests. <laughs> the only thing that I really dislike about this issue, and it's becoming a, a trend, um, unfortunately, is Colossus. I really like Colossus. I really do. I think he's one of the most interesting um, of of that generation of X-Men. And I know uh, Jack really likes Colossus, but I, I think this, this is like a character assassination on a diabolical level. He's yes. been completely ruined essentially and then we have to have wolverine because he's the cool dude justify his storyline right literally have wolverine in two panels justify storyline to nightcrawler which i don't like and i i do like you know you talk about how nightcrawler doesn't really do anything besides drop his hard bread but um i like that he is the one in this issue that seems to be the only person concerned that well is colossus cheating on kitty (laughs) I remember her who we left behind, like, you know, should we think about that? Yeah, Um, exactly. I also, uh, I have a hashtag that comes from this series, Just Shooter Me, and there's two tweets. Um, Oh, yes, please, give me a recap. (laughs) And oh, shut up, Colossus. Those are the two big takeaways from this series. Um, (laughs) I also... The recap's dead weight, man. It was yeah. Deadly. Yeah. I did think it was funny. There, there's a there's a part where Thor tells uh, Wolverine. He says, "Do not goad him, Wolverine." And I just want to say, uh, "Hi, Thor. Meet Wolverine." <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. And then it talks about uh, Colossus's sexy time. It literally says, "It passes all too quickly." Typical man. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Right. I I love the, just go away, professor. Right. (laughs) I like how, I just just realized this, looking at the cover to number 11, and then flipping through this book also. They're on Battleworld. They're doing all this fighting. Does Professor X really need to loosen his tie? Can't he just take it off? (laughs) (laughs) He's not an unprofessional, Jason. Right, that's true. That's true. He's still Professor X. <laughs> like, you can't not wear a tie. Right. If they're calling him Charles, then fair enough. But he's Professor X. He has That's to wear true. a tie. He has to look somewhat professional. He does basically look like a 15-year-old boy who's been forced to wear school uniform. <laughs> yes, he does. He's like, very young. Oh, go on. And like, Charles, go and, you know, do up your tie. I see that top button is undone, young man, kind of thing, like strict English 
uh, school teacher style kind of thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, anything else on this one? I I kind of love the arbitrary giant webs that mm-hmm. don't look anything like any other kind of like webbing we've ever seen before. No, no, Typically, they look like a fourth grader drawing spider webs. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, we used to kind of the white stuff that um, <laughs> Peter, Peter creates for, for want of a better phrase, uh, or or silks cum fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, or Silk's Cum Fingers. There's oh, a, God, that's a callback yeah. to an Intercomics podcast. <laughs> um, My right. question then about this whole blue web issue is where does it come from? Does it, does it, is, it's psionic, like, right? Isn't that what they say? I don't know what that means, yeah, is, but yeah. that is what they say. So it's she creates it with her mind. Yeah, so, yeah what kind of says, Spider Woman um, is this? The eyes of the adventurer called Spider Woman narrow as she concentrates. Then, eerily, strands of sheer psionic force radiate around her, and she weaves. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what what does that right, mean? So, How is she a spider woman if she uh, just creates... She, she's she's telekinetic, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. She's, she's super... She's stronger than the She-Hulk. She's got telekinesis, and... Yep. Does she do spider things? Has she crawled on something yet? I can't remember. Does she do any spider things? <laughs> Like she has telekinesis, but she chooses to make webs with it, so she's. I do spider things in bed. <laughs> yeah, I do love how they completely Jim Shooter's uh, racism strikes again, where they completely uh, ignore that Captain Marvel right. is a hologram yeah. and trap. They just do like, oh, she's there. Right. <laughs> uh, d- don't worry about the black characters; it'll be fine. Right. She'll, she'll just sit there oh, quietly. She doesn't get female. any lines anyway. Right. Oh no, and she I, I, does. And I love how carefree Cap is with with his costume. He just puts it over the windowsill of an open window when he goes yep. to his bed. <laughs> don't, don't You're right. Away. You're right. There should be a, a Secret Wars 11.1, which is him chasing his costume across the planet as the wind <laughs> blows it away. Or some pesky <laughs> alien kid just yanks it off. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to wonder why Doom is keeping Claw around. Right. Like, he served his purpose and. If any character in comics gets rid of people after they serve a purpose, it's Doctor Doom. Yeah, is he just like he wants a caught jester, or <laughs> he needs he needs an yeah. idiot to keep him on track and right. angry? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, would you have Claw guard you when you pass out like that on a bed, like you're a drunken hooker? Right. Like, literally, would would you want Claw to be in your in your castle? Right. Well, what we got for number eleven? I'm going to grade it because it feels too forced into a certain direction. I'm going to grade it as, t- as a two. Also, I really dislike the creepy Colossus shadow panels where it looks yes. like he's literally either going to murder or rape that poor woman. Right. Yeah, they're very uh, unnecessarily sinister, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real... Like when, you, when you light somebody from behind through a doorway... You either reveal their face in the next panel at AK, in, in a similar way to handsome doom and you're like oh it's colossus thank god but no he keeps up the shadow and he just slowly lumbers towards her and the way it's written a massive silhouette fills her doorway yeah and strides purposely toward her it's like a really Ooh. bad edgar, edgar Allan poe right poem. or 50 shades of gray yeah or a tony <laughs> song <laughs> <laughs> but she's fine because he's picked some sort of like i don't even want to 
I think they're flowers. They look like prickly, sp- spiky, horrible things. But right. pick some thistles for him. How romantic! Space flowers. And his face is so creepy in that panel. <laughs> the one where he's smiling the, but gritting yeah. his teeth like he's yeah. going to choke the life out of her. <laughs> she cannot understand the words. Nonetheless, he takes it as a yes for some reason. Do, you, do we think? Right? Maybe we. I'm going to give um, Peter the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's um, post-traumatic stress. Like, he's teleported to this world, everything's blowing up, and he just can't deal with it. He's like, I've had enough. Well, like you mentioned, Dan, um, and we definitely talked about this on the last episode as well, I love Colossus. He's my favourite X-Man. But this series just seems to ignore the fact that these are established characters. Right. Like, Shooter just creates his own versions of these people right. that seemingly have nothing to do with anything else. Like, Wolverine just says shit that he doesn't usually say. Yeah. Nightcrawler is just a completely different person. The only people that are, like, even vaguely consistent are the the mega supervillains like Doom and Galactus because they are arbitrarily villainous so you can't really go wrong right but people with actual like depth and stuff like that apart from the aforementioned reed richards moment everybody is just like weirdly not themselves peter parker is just an idiot for no reason and (laughs) colossus is super rapey and weird and like you said dan this isn't the colossus that i love as a character peter is just weird and a bit rapey and yeah this is this is not this does a disservice to one of my favorite characters in the X-Men. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, in general, this series does a disservice to a bunch of characters. <laughs> but I think perhaps none more than is Colossus. a disservice. Yeah, be. pretty much. It's one big disservice. Right. So all that to say, Jack, you're going to give it a... Um, uh, ooh, I think I'm going to match up with Dan there and give it a two. Um, okay. This is quite the, the slip off after the, the last two issues, which right. I really enjoyed. Yeah. I'm totally um, in line. I'm also, I'm also going to give it two out of six claws. Oh wow, we're we're back in agreement after a yeah. couple of misfires and disagreements. When we're back in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up with number twelve. We're on we're on the home stretch here, folks. Yeah. This is the big finale. So, issue twelve. The silly cover that doesn't maintain the the fantastic silliness of the previous cover. No, it's just weird, and the the eyebrows are turned up to eleven. <laughs> um, they are weird, and I, I, what is with the draining color out of the characters on the cover thing that they keep doing? Uh, it's uh, so 1984, weird. 1984. That's all I can think of. I don't know. Or 85. I'm yeah, sorry. pretty. Pretty you much. know if you replace this head with Ultrons, you have every Ultron I've ever made? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if you coloured the green bit in silver and put an Ultron, go to Wakanda, pick up one of those random Ultron heads that are just lying around on the ground, put it on him, and it's just, yeah. It's every Ultron. Once again, I've defeated all of the Avengers. Yeah, it's Ultron again. Woo. But yeah, cover not so great. A weird cover to end the series on, in my opinion. Um and also reminiscent, uh, reminiscent of Ultron, actually, is the first panel. Yeah, we've got a smashed Captain America shield, which is obviously an, an image they've been using in the right. Age of Ultron trailer yeah. that's been going on recently and obviously has happened in previous, because Ultron being adamantium, he can smash the vibranium and all that sort of stuff. Um, again, same uh, 
lineup on the creative team, but we have Christy Shield. She's back um, after an issue or two off. Yeah, she's back for the finale, and uh, yeah, the heroes are dead. Captain America's shield shattered and destroyed, and and that gets you every time. I don't know, as as a comic guy, and and this is striking image. I was kind of fun to see it there. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the iconic kind of the heroes are defeated kind of things. Right. When you see Captain America's shield smashed, you think, oh shit! Yep. <laughs> but it does kind of lose its effectiveness after a while because it does seem to be the go-to. Right. Like, oh no, something's bad happened. His shield is smashed, and I like how they like say everybody's names and stuff like that. So it's Captain America, Thor, the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Hawkeye, Iron Man, and then. Professor Charles Xavier, <laughs> not Professor X, not Charles Xavier, but a combination of Professor Charles Xavier. Right. Nobody has ever called him that. Why don't? Why didn't they comp- put on the PhD? <laughs> exactly. It's Professor Charles Xavier, the PhD. Bar, the, bar, the bar's quite big, so they just need to fill it I, out. They're, they're, they're not, trying to just justify the text. Not many, not time. many mutants, mate. There's not many. But if you mutants. put Professor X, you could probably fit Rogue and Magneto on the end there. <laughs> And and it would all work out nice. But they want the they want the two lines. Look at the two lines. They just love the two lines. Fair enough. I I do. To be fair, I do really like this opening kind of narration thing. It's so comic booky and silly. But um, all are but carrion now is such a cool line. I love that kind of weird, almost Yoda style delivery of like backward sentences and right. stuff like that. And this this kind of really haunting blood oozing from the mangled remains of their flesh sizzles across the smoldering debris of their once mighty fortress. It's so like epic and dramatic and stuff and in a way that only comic books really do and and particularly this style of comics, the huge massive superhero, supervillain you know, melodramatic crossover type stuff but um, yeah we then have Zaji I guess that's how you say it. She is the healer, so she is worrying about everybody and what could have possibly gone wrong, except, you know, doing being a badass. In the... the oh, I can't remember the exact quote. Where is it? Um, in the... It's supposed to be vastness of a mighty tower, but it says fastness in the in the actual text there is a typo so it's in the fastness of of a mighty tower which probes the very fringes of space dwells the author of the carnage that is such an epic intro i love that intro it's quite beautiful but then claw shows up and it all goes weird dr doom i think he's like dr doom he's a daughter are they dead that's exactly. literally what the voice I feel like he's having. Yes, now. Claw, they are dead. Oh, it's a dramatic it's, reading. Like, yeah, <laughs> we should. Oh, we should just do. We should have just done an entire like. Oh my Audio goodness. audio play of the twelve issues here. Yes. <laughs> um. The anyway. Forty-eight hour so, podcast. Oh my god! Yes. So they, Doom and and Claw, survey the the destruction and Denver is still hanging out in space with the villains in it. Enchantress is trying to sober up a little bit, probably puking in toilets and whatnot, because <laughs> she's classy like that. She's just having a few moments in a bath and whatnot. So yeah, um, Enchantress uses a, like a 
channels like a water elemental thing to view a portal onto Battleworld. The villains are kind of getting a bit stir crazy, a bit cabin fever and, and arguing and stuff like that and getting annoyed with each other and all that sort of stuff. I do love that. There's more great sound effects of crash as Doc Ock explodes through a wall and Molecule Man shows up and yeah, yeah. Good, awesome villain stuff and ridiculous sound effects other ways. Yeah, so Enchantress actually does things apart from being a bit drunk. She, she calls someone a brash little strumpet, which is brilliant. It's a pretty, pretty fantastic line. Yeah, Doc Ock and Molecule Man have a little fight and then the uh, the ladies have a little fight. It's just lots of villain fighting and, and weird moments that don't seem to have anything else to do with the rest of the series. Right. Then the lizard shows up again because we haven't seen the lizard in a while and he actually gets something to do. They're all fighting Enchantress. Now she's the villain of the villains for some weird reason. Um, we flash back to Doom and Claw aboard the ship. Um, sorry, in, in the, the tower, the fortress. And um, Zaji shows up in a sound vision thing. What? I don't. I don't really know what he's trying. He's holding his satellite dish hand now, right. and then he says, "Behold!" He's showing and, doom everything that happened. Just it's another way to do a recap. That's all it is. Yeah. But, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Comic book wise, it's just a recap. But the fact that he just like is he just like a projection I projector so. machine thing with his sound hand? He had an or AV the, degree. Exactly. Yeah, he just converts sound into light and just. Can, can we just it. highlight a few things about Claw, which his amazing dance moves? Yes, yeah, that, that page face. before are six the six best Claw panels ever. Yeah. Hugging himself and then like hand over the top of his head, chewing right. one nail. And then doing and then, that like, thing where you surf on a recliner by like kicking yeah, it. Surf, surfing on a recliner. <laughs> and then seductively going over the recliner. You know what it reminds me of? Have y'all ever seen the uh, Family Guy episode where William Shatner is like doing his William Shatner talk, yes. talk, talk, and he like yeah. jumps like with no frames in between? That's what yeah, this reminds so it, me of. When, when he, he talks, he's on the bridge of the Enterprise. He's like, Mr. Spock, every different syllable. Right. He jumps from one chair to another, <laughs> and he just appears in a different pose every single panel. Like, right. There doesn't seem to be. I assume that Shooter, like, said, a Doom gets a thing projected by Claw that recaps everything. Good luck, Mike. <laughs> and didn't explain anything. And Mike Zek was like, oh, "Is that why we get I'm a just picture. recapping everything? I'm just going to draw him dancing with dragons." And Is that shit. why we got a moment where he's basically listening to the floor while the rest of his body is on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> that is the weirdest pose. Anyway, yeah. Um, the my favorite, perhaps my favorite pose is the the one after the surfing the recliner, just at the bottom left of that next page where he's like waving his hands in the air like he just don't care kind right? of thing. Yeah. I don't know. And he keeps doing that. Yeah. As if he's like pointing stuff out with his Oh, he's got the weirdest poses and weird weird stuff that's going on. But um of course as they argue and claw and doom, deliciously handsome doom just are not getting along and as villains often do. 
the hammer of Thor, Mjolnir, smashes through the wall and causes all sorts of problems. And we get some more epic cosmic ridiculousness and Doom basically explodes with energy. And uh, yeah, Claw is kind of left to wonder what the hell is going on. And uh, <laughs> Doom basically becomes like a weird Jesus kind of figure. <laughs> he just starts glowing and Claw is kneeling in front of him. And he's, touch my hand, my son, I shall bless you kind of thing. <laughs> he literally says, touch my hand. Well, and they have the two and... fingers like the uh, the Michelangelo painting. Exactly. Yeah, they literally have the, the two, the hand of God, which is Doom's hand. I suppose he's got the Beyonder's power, so he's kind of... He talks about an infinitesimal micro-fraction of my strength is enough to blacken 10,000 suns. Like, what? That's so epic and ridiculous. <laughs> then the heroes are back for some reason. At that moment, Doom is just, let's go and kick some ass because the heroes are back. And there is a really great hero shot, to be fair, the uh, everyone attack. And I love the little touch of Thor getting his hammer back. They could have just had him holding the hammer, like leading the charge and whatever. Right. But no, he's it's flying. Mjolnir is coming back to him and he's grabbing it. And I love that little touch. And Hulk is doing his skipping and jumping and stuff. And in general, everyone is kind of in proportion, sort of. Um, yeah. Apart from Cap seemingly being 100 feet tall. <laughs> so I said everyone's in proportion. If you look at Wolverine, his foot is kind of in line with Cap's. And Wolverine mm. is up to his, up to his waist, Logan's maybe. Short. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Logan's short, but <laughs> and Professor X is just being carried by Storm in the background, right? <laughs> because he's kind of useless. Storm, Storm doesn't have. Well, I like how Spider-Man is webbed up to the Hulk. Oh I mean, yeah, that's a really nice touch. I didn't even know it's Hulk that. on a leash. Yeah, he's got bored of doing skipping himself, so he's just going to ride Hulk while he hops about the place. <laughs> And then Spider-Man goes bouncing off, seemingly on his hands, for some <laughs> weird reason. And then giant three-eyed monster attacks the villains yeah. for some reason. Because it's Claw and you can make things. Yeah, and then Claw makes a giant sound monster. And he, he, this is wonderful. Instead of just sound images, now he can create real things because he's got magic powers and stuff. And then Ultron is back because Claw would bring Ultron back for some reason. And he creates a bunch of monsters. The heroes fight a bunch of monsters in some really... Like, I don't know what they were thinking. And the, <laughs> the, these, two pan, these two pages. I'm just like, we need two extra pages, so let's have Claw create a bunch of monsters so we can just have... Again, I assume Jim Shooter was very nondescript. And just yeah. be like... We need a fight to happen for two pages. Thanks. Love, Jim. And just been like, what does that even mean? And apparently the, the shield being smashed doesn't stop Cap from just throwing it like a badass as ever. Right. And oh, it, it, these are weird, weird. They should be great. And it would really kind of work. I mean, it looks pretty great as a, as a, like a two-page spread. Because I, I really, really like Cyclops' beam going from one page to the next and so that's yeah, a really nice that's touch. pretty cool but so many of the monsters are just so generic and they have no they're just arbitrary big scary monsters with weird powers and stuff i don't know why they're suddenly introduced at this point it's, it seems so 
counterproductive to like this is the big finale let's just have random monsters created by chlorophyll people and then cap just kicks him in the face and that's that he's like i've got a mega power and i I can create real monsters and stuff and then steve rogers just kicks him in the face that's it it's just one kick to the face and then he's like yep i'm done perfect 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 i'm done kind of feel like more characters need to have the claw style stutter it, 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 sure it's pretty pretty great and <laughs> i do love doom's just surprised face because captain america after kicking claw in the face finally makes his way to the big man himself and uh just gets blasted into oblivion and i love <laughs> i love that shot of just die avenger Crackoom and just just disintegrates him basically. Yeah. So he he atomizes him to quote Doom himself, and then Doom, in his moment of unhandsomeness, perhaps, um, <laughs> is shocked to see Captain America stand up again, and then be blasted again, and then punch Doom in the face because that's all Cap does apparently, and that punch in the face is apparently. He can defeat Claw with one kick and he can just defeat Doom by getting close to him. Because he says he crumbled without being touched. So Doom just kind of freaks out and yeah, has a, has a kind of moment, but where Claw like takes control, I guess. And Steve Rogers, being the wonderful man that he is, even offers Dr. Doom a hand. says <laughs> You know, Steve is, is just too nice. Right. He's one of those guys that you can just take advantage of because he's just so nice. And then Claw basically somehow via the Beyonder claims his power back. And um, well, we find out that energy snake in the last few issues was all the Beyonder's remnant power. Yes. And then, yeah, the energy snake kind of separates itself and is the Beyonder. He restores... He puts Doom's mask on for some reason. Well, he makes his um, face ugly again, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, but that wouldn't materialize his mask back on. It would just be... Well, it's just a decent thing just, to do. Just Cover up his face. shame. Yeah, yeah. I want Beyonder's to, a nice you, guy. Yeah, you stole all my power, but I'll, I'll, I won't let make people see your face. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that much of a dick. Um, <laughs> and we go back to the heroes after the Beyonder reclaims his power and Doom is essentially defeated and, and stripped of his m- mega powers. Claw and Doom disappear and we go back to former Doom Base, the, the fortress formerly known as Doom Base. Um, <laughs> Colossus mourns Zaji. Did we see her die? I don't know. In Claw's like, hollow projection. Right? Yeah. It was a recap of a thing we don't see in the series. Because I assume they were just, like, filling it out for time, and then they ran out of time. We're like, oh, shit, we've been treading water for seven issues. Right. Now we need to actually do something. Let's just kill her off yeah. panel. It'll be fine. And instead of um, taking her back to her village and putting her in, the, like, the village cemetery, we're just going to throw her up on this hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just put her on a hill somewhere. It'll be fine. So, yeah, kind of, we're, we're back at the base with the heroes. Spider-Man is crawling around, being... Talking about fruit and stuff, like Spider-Man has. Again, he's very out of character in this. It's a weird 
just like, I'm so hungry, I'm going to go find me a snack and stuff. It's just weird <laughs> moments. Yeah, the, the, the heroes go back, talk about the costume-making machine, of course, and the lizard shows up as human Kurt Connors because, <laughs> because reasons, and the Hulk is restrained with a big metal brace, I guess. Like, he's got a big crutch. Yeah. Surely the Hulk has regenerative powers, like Right. Hulk with crutches, it's weird. Then Lockheed and another dragon, just because reasons, show up and Captain America gets to have his epic... Of course Captain America gets a monologue at the end because he's Captain America. You couldn't possibly end without that. And I must say, Professor X puts on that <laughs> thing. Terrible, terrible. The wonderful... You were complaining about his tie. I want his tie back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put like, it back. Put it back. Full yellow jumpsuit with like gimp restraints, like full <laughs> bandolier across the nipples kind of thing. Um, Cap gets his giant monologue, of course, and then a ridiculous panel of him holding up his shield because he just forces it to be. Together. fixed than it is because <laughs> the Beyonder is just granting their wishes basically and that was his wish so yeah we get everybody else people start teleporting away and stuff but Colossus of course oh, Colossus was in love with a woman he never really spoke to and basically just tried to rape right. and was never sure and he kind of has the existential crisis of I don't know if I want to go and stuff like that I was like surely this place will do nothing but remind you of your dead lover. Surely you'd want to get the hell out of there and like, not not like move on straight away. Obviously, because he was in love for some reason. Yeah, I I don't know why he's planning to stay here. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Try his what... milk if that helps. Which <laughs> is not not a pleasant thing. But what I do understand, and who is also pretty damn handsome, is Mister Ben Grimm, and. The wishes and the, the beyond his power spreading across the planet, it undoes his rock form and he actually stays as a big, muscly, handsome man. Yeah. And it ends with Ben Grimm wishing the Fantastic Three, if you include She-Hulk in there. She's wearing the, the new outfit and everything. Right, yeah. Um, they were the Fantastic Four, now they're the three. Um, and, and Ben hangs out, everybody goes back home and Ben Grimm hangs out on a rock. Yeah. And... Um, He's going to stay there. But, there. but what's that? What FDR said once? There ain't nothing to fear. And there's Ben Grimm epically sat on a rock, windswept and, and muscular. And that actually does carry on directly with the Thing series that was going on at the time. Okay. It picks up exactly where Secret Wars left off. Well, and uh, yeah, that is the ending. It's a weird ending. Well, I was going to say, really... it was good to know that Marvel always did this, where big events, quote-unquote, end with just setups for more stories. Yep, pretty much, because right. it sets up the Fantastic Four and, you know, pretty much everything yeah. that comes afterwards. Yep, they can't have an ending. Instead, they just go, oh, here's the upcoming next thing. Here's a tease. Right, right. They've been doing that in events for 30 years yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, I always thought that. Of that was more of a recent thing, but it's good to know. Yeah, exactly. And from the very first big event, they started doing that. <laughs> yeah, so there we have it, folks. That is the end, end of, Secret of issue Wars. 12. End of Secret Wars. Well, we made it time. through. 
Secret yeah. Wars one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the only thing I really had to say is I like the logic of Magneto being on the hero team because it talks about the Beyonders separated them by the nature of their desires. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, he's one of those. What makes him such an interesting villain is that he's very sympathetic. You can actually agree with him on a lot of things. And he does bad things for the right reasons and things like that. And that's what really gives him that extra depth of character and things like that. So it totally makes sense that that's like one of the few decision, like creative decisions that Jim Shooter makes for this series that actually really is kind of interesting and, and kind of out there in a good way rather than just absolutely fucking mental. And then, oh. alas, my bathtub never made a sexy water girl. Frowny oh, face. Oh, yeah. Where's my sexy bath lady? I, I, need, I need more of them in my life. Right? She's far too suggestive to just be an oracle. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally before she's drowned alive by the Enchantress. Right. Can you, you drown her through a water elemental? The Enchantress seems to. Yeah. But uh, I thought the art was back to a little better overall. And there's some particularly good thing drawings in this. So, yeah. What did y'all, y'all think of this issue overall? We kind of wrap this up. I think it starts well with its uh, narration. It loses itself because it focuses too heavily on the villains that we've kind of just like... Don't care about. Yep. <laughs> then it goes back to Doom. Claw makes it completely ridiculous. Yeah. No matter what happens. Like, his pose is just... It tries to go epic. It kind of works. The heroes have their last hurrah. Like Jack said, the monsters just... St- just seem like oh, let's have a double page spread not much more then cap basically wins the day and then it's just these are the stories that are going to happen later in the marvel universe after cap is willed his shield back together yeah. like black suit spider-man um new costume x-men fantastic Four she hulk these are all things we'll be seeing yeah, yeah. like pretty much immediately uh, and maybe even before the series even wraps <laughs> like black spider-man <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah um I think a key thing to talk about, especially with this issue, you mentioned before, Jason, it's a few times you can talk about pacing was um, 10. And this is just, I know they've all been kind of bumper issues. They're all like 25-ish pages and stuff like that. But this is 40. Right. And it, it feels like 40. There is like three or four different books in one. And they really could have done with just like, I don't stretching out is the wrong word. Basically cutting out the middle, like seven or eight issues and just having this final three and having the big fight with doom kind of be the end and then have this as the finale. Like Dan said, the stuff with claw just feels so filler bullshit that you don't need with the monsters. And I get that it's doom sharing its power and all that, but why make claw, like a villain now when he's just been prancing about being an idiot for the right. rest of the series. It's, it's totally unearned and doesn't make any sense. And it's just to fill pages and give them, basically give Mike, Mike Zek something to draw other than talking heads discussing stuff. Like the rest of the issue is basically right. them saying, oh, let's go home. Let's do this thing. Oh, Colossus, you poor thing. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> rather than it just being talking for like 30 pages let's add 10 pages of just random monsters yeah it, it feels really disjointed and a real weird jumble of stuff 
yeah, it's, it's a weird, weird ending. And it kind of ends on a really kind of anticlimactic oh, note, very I much, feel. very much. After all this, like, there's no big fight with Doom or anything like that. It's just like, oh, no, the Beyonder just switched off. Fine. <laughs> he was in control the whole time. Nothing wrong. We wanted, like, a big... And I suppose there's, like... I assume Jim Shooter wrote himself into a corner and couldn't get around it and was like, well, Doom's got all the power. We need to have a fight with Doom, but he's basically unkillable now. So I'll just take away his power and then Claw will make some monsters so they can fight something. We need a fight scene somewhere, so why not just make monsters? It's weird and yeah, yeah, completely doesn't have any pacing whatsoever. It goes from a mental, absolutely action-packed, batshit insane pages to basically nothing happens but them talking about things for the rest of the book. Right. And that's the last, like, ooh, 15 pages is them just talking about things. And it's just talking heads over and over and over and over and over again, whether it's in a group shot or just, like, floating heads or whatever. Oh, the pacing in this issue is... It makes it feel even like twice as long as it is, and it's already forty pages. It's, right. it's, it's crazy. All right, well, let's give twelve a grade, and then talk about our overall thoughts just real quick. So, what do you want to grade twelve, Dan? I think, unfortunately, twelve is visually fine, but for the most part, um, it's kind of hard because I feel, I feel bad saying this, but I'm gonna give it one and a half. Okay. And what about you, Jack? Yeah, I'm not far off with you there, Dan. I think I'm going, like I just kind of rambled about, this is the most disjointed and rambling, weirdly just mess of an issue of the entire series. It might be the worst issue of the entire series for me. I'm, I'm debating whether a one or a two. I think I'll, 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 go, I'll go one. I'll go harsh. It's okay. such an anti, anticlimactic ending and... It's just just weird and seems like they ran out of ideas of how to finish it and Shooter just kind of made it up as he went along sort of thing. Yeah. What about you, Jason? I'm going to also get... Oh, not also. I'm going to give it two out of six claws. Um, I thought there was enough interesting in the art that I liked it a little bit better, but yeah, I agree. Just kind of just kind of fizzled like most events people complain about. <laughs> kind of, it was true to form. So, um... Yeah, so uh, I guess my overall thoughts, real quick. We've gone pretty long, but let's let's give some just short short thoughts. Um, I, I was thinking because before this, they had a, a three issue series called Contest of Champions a few years prior, and instead of doing a bunch of catch up exposition, they did mini bios in the back of the issues. And I thought just like a page of like a little three sentences of each catching everybody up would have been a lot better way to handle that. And overall, man, this series just wasn't as much fun as I thought it would be. The dialogue felt not only dated, but like out of touch. And I don't know, there's moments that are cool. And it's, def- it's worth reading probably. But yeah, I don't know. I was, I was pretty disappointed overall. What are y'all's kind of overall short thoughts on the series? Well, unfortunately, the problem with it is that I laugh at it more than I enjoy it. Right. And I think I that's a that is the greatest problem. Yeah. All the problems that you stated are the reasons I laugh at. The dialogue is just... I've read... You know, we have all read comics that are, you know, date further beyond this point, And they still kind of stand, stand the test of time. This 
for all the people who are sat there going, oh, Sequel Cars is a classic. Yeah, it may be in a classic, but I feel nostalgia is clouding. If you go back and read it, you'll understand that it's a classic and I should never have read it again. <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the read once, you know, when you were a kid, be excited about, you know, all the shit that's happening there. Keep hold of that nostalgia, move forward. It, it just doesn't work as a story. 12 issues is far too long. I forgot yep. what was actually going on. I forgot these people were even on Battleworld at one point. Yep. I just thought they were on an alien planet. Because it forget it actually forgets plot. It, like, it, it sort of just ignores things like um, Galactus. It just ignores Galactus. Yeah. Like He goes and vibrates on a mountain, and then he comes back about seven issues later. It's, it's just... It has moments of greatness, possibly because they're stupid and silly. And it has iconic, specific moments from like Black Series Spider-Man to She-Hulk joining the Fantastic Four. You know, big narrative in the grand scheme of continuity moments in it. But it feels little more than Jim Shooter writing a toy advert. You know, it's ludicrous. It still kind of makes me smile, but it isn't a good event at all. You know, it's as bad as modern events, you know, so there you go. Yeah, I'm, Jack, I'm totally take with you guys. Take us home, wrap it up. <sighs> Dan summed it up. The 12 issues is far too long. I mean, I've, we've talked about pacing quite a lot, and I talked about what a mess this final issue is. I think that kind of sums up the entire series. Yeah. Like we said, it starts off with a great premise, and issue one is a pretty solid introduction and everything like that. And in theory, this should be a bunch of fun, and the silliness and, and things like that, and some of the covers are a lot of fun, but overall it's just narratively just insane and completely <laughs> jumbled up and like i said it, it kind of feels like shooter is just making it up as he goes along yeah and there there are a couple of moments where it feels like he writes himself into a corner and he's just like uh oh um i'll um beyonder just gets his power back and the energy snake is a thing and then it fixes captain america's shield and everything's fine yeah everything feels completely unearned and so many of the characters are just not what we're used to and wholly inconsistent to what we we've known them even in series that are going on at the same time as this one right like 1985 we're in that period where claremont and miller and everybody are doing like really amazing work right and like some of the all-time absolute brilliant classics of the superhero genre happened within like months of this series <laughs> happening like 1985 the mid to late 80s is like that really amazing time where claremont really i mean even in the in the late 70s claremont was amazing but he really took it we, you know we've got arguably the most iconic x-men stories happening like just previous to this in like 82 and 84 and everything like that right and wolverine is just weird in this series i mean we're on a wolverine podcast yeah. so he it just shows up occasionally he's barely mentioned and that goes for so many other characters as well like dan mentioned with galactus that moment is great i love like i said it's my favorite moment in the series the whole reed richards thing of like maybe we should let galactus win it's for the greater good and all that sort of stuff but galactus does fucking nothing for literally eight issues in the middle there. And it feels so... Uh, it's so sluggish in the middle that it, it just... It should be more aware of 
the characters and where they are. Like Dan said, you kind of forget people are there or where they are until it reminds you. They're like, <laughs> blah, 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 battle world. You're like, oh, right. yeah. yeah. And it feels like Shooter and Zach kind of forget where they are or who they're supposed to be talking to or with or about. And, yeah, it should be a lot more fun than it is. And there are really fun moments and, and some genuinely cool moments, like Dan said, iconic moments that kind of went on to define these characters for years to come but it's so messy it's so jumbled up it feels so forced at times when when we first started this um i mentioned that mattel kind of came up with this premise at first basically to sell toys and they struck a deal with marvel to produce a bunch of these toys and as cool as some of those toys are this series is literally just one big advert and it's just it's just Jim Shooter trying to justify 12 issues or any amount of issues of this, like, <laughs> let's get the thing to fight the other yeah. guy and yeah. then a thing fights another thing and they're all like monsters and stuff. Right. It's just an excuse to get kids to get those little toys yeah, and the mash toys. them together in their right. hands and, like, create dream matchups and stuff. Yeah. And, oh, Magneto's a hero, so <laughs> I get him to fight somebody else and blah, blah, blah. And, right. Oh, yeah. It should be so much fun, but it, it just fails on so many narrative and consistency levels that it's just not as good as it should be. Mm. And it is a classic. I'll agree with you guys. But, you know, it For hasn't aged well. As, as you mentioned, Jason, it hasn't meant, hasn't aged, particularly the dialogue. And it's terrible. Yeah. The, the fact that Shooter is fucking mental and. <laughs> but basically yeah. took complete editorial control of the Marvel Universe for Secret Wars for no yeah. reason because he was the editor and he could do what he wants. Exactly. And he I mean he does it again later on in, in the Marvel Universe. There's there's a he he ruled the roost for quite a while, so yeah. Shooter basically just controls it and and is more of an egotist than I think we see in modern day comics we, there are a lot of problems in modern day comics with editorial decisions and things like that as we see fairly regularly there's there's controversy over, over at dc there's stuff going on at marvel you know we get that but shooter is kind of renowned as one of the all-time mega controlling right. marvel editors and yeah. it really shows here that he's just it shows very well and um and that's a good that's a good way to kind of sum this up it's a it's a gem shooter fest <laughs> however you want to say Pretty that much. a love fest hate fest whatever it's it's a gem shooter fest so yeah and that is secret wars so all right well thanks guys uh jack and dan for coming on like i said from the intercomics podcast and i thought as bad as this series was it made for some really great podcasting i hope the uh oh absolutely i think it can always be more fun talking about terrible comics yes. and it can be talking about good comics because you kind of run out about good things to say right so like oh the art is no, awesome. really great yeah, the writing is awesome. really great <laughs> you've come to expect this from insert name of fantastic artist and writer here by right. now whereas with this stuff the the criticisms Ooh. and the, the picking out the good bits makes for really interesting critiques and like the kind of for want of a better phrase, the journalistic side of reading comics and things right. like that, and, and what we do with our podcasts, where we analyze issues and and talk about things and talk about the positives and the negatives, and like on our show, we do bests and worsts of the week and right. things like that. And and I know you are not um, one of those podcasters, Jason, where you just only talk about the good stuff. 
No. If, you, if there is a bad issue of Wolverine, you will talk oh, yeah. about it. You're, I will let you you're know. an honest, <laughs> and I, I I really appreciate you and, and other other you know critics and, and and people like you um who do podcasts and write pieces and things like that where you're not afraid to talk about the bad stuff you're not afraid to you're a huge wolverine fan you have a podcast dedicated to wolverine but you understand that it's not all you know not all that glitters is gold and right. you know there there are flaws in in comics and even in characters you love and you're not blinded by that so i really appreciate that yeah, and, well, and the fact you. that we can we can go through this series and say like as good as some of those moments are, so much of it is absolutely batshit insane. And it makes for great. I, I hope the listeners have enjoyed us talking about it more than we enjoyed reading it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, think <laughs> so. I think so. I've really enjoyed talking about it and podcasting about it. This I has been too. like two of the it's, most fun podcasts we've yes. ever done. It's been and a blast. we've had some, some great moments on our show. Right. So, well, um, speaking of your yeah. show, why don't uh, one of y'all give us all the information? We are two hosts out of the three there's another guy called matt who is also on the show with us we host the intercomics podcast like i said we talk about weekly books the books that come out that week we do special segments about um a comic book of the month we have as well um this this month we'll be talking about uh black panther um who is the black panther series from 2006 i think or 2008 something like that we have regular guests on the show as well comics creators and writers and artists and things like that and yeah, hopefully we'll get you on as well, Jason. Yes. We need a we need a we need Soon-ish. a full crossover so yeah. we can you can not talk about Wolverine for a bit and uh, actually <laughs> exactly. talk about other. You can talk about like image comics and stuff, Maybe, stuff yeah. using superhero stuff. Yeah, it'll, be, right. it'll be a revelation for you. <laughs> <laughs> actually, get to podcast about other comics, right? But, um, yeah. So why don't you give uh, us we, the uh, the web page and Twitter and all that jazz? Absolutely, uh, it's intercomicspodcast.com. And that is inter as in the beginning of like international. So I-N-T-E-R comicspodcast.com. We are intercomicspod on Twitter as well. So if you want to come and chat to us and if you're a huge Secret Wars fan and want to just have a go at all of us, right. just at, bring it at, on. At Snickedcast <laughs> and at intercomicspod and just <laughs> shout at us through Twitter because that's basically what Twitter's for, isn't it? Yes. It's just angry people on the internet. My personal Twitter, if you want to directly assault me for anything i've said if i've directly offended you in any way my, my love of the handsome doom just doesn't sit right with you i am at jlw chambers uh dan is gizmo 151183 so you yeah, can go and go at me That's good say. luck dan dan is is the master of twitter yes um he, he fends off you know Greg wannabes Kapoor. left and right pretty much right. yeah he, he's battled with the best including dan slot greg capullo uh, various other creators and whatnot that half of the bleeding cool writing staff pretty much so yeah if awesome. you're going to challenge somebody on twitter and you want to you want to really step up to the plate at gizmo 151183 and challenge <laughs> dan <laughs> right. send your hate mail and, and all that there sort of go. stuff so yeah go and follow us on twitter our website also has reviews of all the uh, comic book tv shows weekly books things like that and retro reviews as well right. um and in fact the guy that was on the episodes previous to this mr georgie v works yeah. for us on on intercomicspodcast.com he's appeared on our show a couple of times as well we did a special um episode for Eichel giants that he picked and that was our comic of the month a, a little while ago and that is an awesome awesome um episode and he also interviewed ken nimura who did i kill giants as well and it's a really right. cool like special episode he sat down in a cafe in japan with ken nomura and and really got a yeah. fantastic interview you know, it's so, fun 
I, yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah, if you're yeah. a fan of Georgie from the previous and you episode be. of the of the, the Snicked cast, because Georgie's amazing. Let's yes. let's, let's yeah. be real. Um, he writes. He, for oh, us he on wanted the me to well. say, uh, so he he's my jubilee. <laughs> so I just throw that out there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. So there's even more crossover with our podcast as right. well. We've got yeah. even, we've got mutual friends and everything like that. So yeah. I'd really love to get you on as well, Jason. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get you on sometime next couple um, of months. We'll do it. Yeah, exactly, so, definitely. So if uh, George is your jubilee, can I be Nightcrawler? Yeah, of course. Boom. That makes me Colossus. Just Go being for a bit it. Yeah, we'll, weird. we'll start assembling our team. Just trying to rape <laughs> alien women. Yeah. Well, we've assembled half of uh, Wolverine's best friends. There you go. Little girls. Yeah. So we just need Kitty Pride on them. <laughs> exactly. Right on. All right, well, cool. Well, uh, for the podcast, it goes Snit, of course. Uh, at Snitcast on Twitter, like the Facebook page. Uh, if you want to email, it's Snitcast at Yahoo.com. I don't know what will be next, but it'll be something good. <laughs> Probably not as good as this, but, you know, hey, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> something uh, not as long as this. Yeah, least. right. That's right. more likely. Well, anyway, um, we got to go. So until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye. <laughs> See you later. Thanks for listening, guys. See you later.